Welcome, Scott Slammers, to season two, episode two of the Scott Slam podcast. I'm Lewis, and I'm joined tonight by Liam or Michael. We may be graced by the man Greg himself later on with the show. Fingers crossed. Uh, we're missing Ryan tonight, unfortunately. Um, so, first off, how are you stood in? Aye, smashing, man. Doing really well. Actually, can't wait for tonight. Lots of good stuff to talk about, and and, and a cracking preview coming up as well. So, buzzing, yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. But need to roll through this for <laughs> So to kick off the show, we're going to go slightly different. Uh, so to start off, we've got a, a challenge we set ourselves and our listeners last week, and that was to come up with a name for Tamina and Natalia. Uh, so first off, we had a message from Robbie, and his team name is yeah. Hi lads, it's Robbie, and the next uh, tag team name for Natalia and Tamina could be Natmina. Thanks for getting involved, Robbie. That was a great suggestion. Uh, so, guys, what's your uh, your names? I know you had kind of one last week, Liam. Have you, are you stuck with it or have you come up with something better? Yeah, I, I, I thought about it more, obviously, uh, last week. The Heart Too Much Foundation was just a bit cheeky. <laughs> I was feeling a wee bit, uh, bit of guilt about that now, Natalia. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, she's a regular listener. Uh, <laughs> What what I thought was maybe something like like preeminence might be good. Uh, something that suggests that these are two girls that were here in, in a women's division during the days of the divas, but uh, they've come through the the women's revolution and they're the tag team champions now. So preeminence would have suggested that maybe something like the Eternals because they've been about for so long. But also thought. <clears throat> maybe missing a trick here with a faction. Charlotte's been involved in an awful lot of stuff, kind of dipping her toes in, but not really any meat and bones to that. She seems to be a bit aimless just now. Uh, so, yeah, I thought maybe a faction called Heredity would be right. really good, uh, where the, the second generation st- superstars were involved, uh, and they could have had the whole storyline about them being uh, pissed off the way Charlotte is about constantly... Uh, going on about her links to Ric Flair and the three of them could be wanting to make names in uh, their own right Uh, and Heredity certainly uh, would bring Tamina Natalia and and Charlotte into that faction particularly when you're looking at the potential of Becky Lynch coming back uh, and and the four horsewomen uh, angle you know, three of the horsewomen versus three of Heredity would have have been a pretty decent matchup in a tag team division that, that seems a bit Empty and soulless at the minute. I say that's some shout, by the way. It really is. It's uh, certainly blew me out of the water, but I'll let you go, Michael. What's, what's yours, mate? <laughs> well, I, I'm, I'm very glad you went seriously because uh, <clears throat> I can't lie to you. To me, and I tell you, I haven't really crossed my mind uh, this past week. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> but one thing that did stand out, uh, I think I used names, was um, that Natalia's love of cats. And um, oh, Tamina, Tamina of, co- <laughs> of course, of course, there's nobody meaner. Um, so I've got, t- I've got two for you. I've got two. I've got one that's uh, PG and one that's a bit more attitude era. So I'll go for the PG one. I've got uh, in the, the game a long time, and as I said, uh, old Natalia loves her cats. So I've just gone for veteran cats. I think I, there are a couple, of, there are a couple of wee veteran cats. I think I, I may go already. For my, my wee attitude there, I won. I've just gone for mean pussies because, as I said, <laughs> nobody is mean. I went to me now. 
Oh, I love it. Love it. Well, you just shoot down cheesy. Um, you may or may not get it. I don't know. Uh, I tried to get it as much as I could. Uh, and the spelling here is obviously key. Um, and it's uh, the fly hearts. I just thought fly hearts, night hearts. Ooh, and then the, the, the fly parks, I know they're a bit uh, iffy with the snooker side of things. So um, her move, obviously, is fly, the flying uh, thing. So I just thought the fly hearts. And obviously, hearts spelled with A. So nothing, nothing, nothing near you guys. You, you guys have set the, the bar. You are, <laughs> are the bar. <laughs> so I was kind. I thought they were pretty decent. I think. I think Robbie takes it though. He does uh, absolutely, absolutely. So uh, we'll hear Greg's later on. I'll put him on the spot. Yeah, see if he, if he remembers. <laughs> he has had the, the hint in the in our uh, WhatsApp group. So we'll see if he's he's picked up on that one. Um, great to hear his. I'm sure he'll come up with something. Uh, I, think, spot. I think he was talking to me about it earlier in the week. Obviously, he's a big fan of, uh, you know, groups like the New Order and the Dark Order and stuff like that. And he says because of the amount of makeup again that the lasties were that he quite like them, you know, to to merge those things and come up with a faction called the Orange Order. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, with the suppression. <laughs> Drew McIntyre, the head of the faction. <laughs> oh, that opens up so many doors, so many other doors. <laughs> so, speaking of doors, <laughs> oh, um, oh, okay, we've had a wee, we've had a wee, he's, 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 he's ditching us. <laughs> I stayed in Greg, sorry. <laughs> so, uh, before we move on, um, we'll just say, Greg, thanks, thanks for letting us know, mate. Uh, we'll hopefully see you next week, that's for sure. Uh, well, but speaking... that like, thanks for letting us down there. Was that you said? <laughs> we'll go with that, we'll go with that. Spell it, spell it, as always. <laughs> so, forbidden doors, speaking of them, uh, we'll, we'll speak about the, the rumors that we've heard you know, going wild over Twitter, Facebook, you name it. Uh, we've even reported on it ourselves on our Facebook and Instagram, and that is the talks between WWE and New Japan Wrestling. Nick Khan's apparently holding talks with New Japan Wrestling on a potential deal between the two. Um, now, my first question to you guys are, is, what do you think about the rumours? Do you think there's actual substance? Now, the second one will continue that. You can develop it as, as we go. Tony Khan obviously came out and certainly called him out in this, whether he's he's calling a bluff or whether he's worried. Do you think uh, there's, there's a potential that he is worried or do you think he's just playing along with it? I, I think it's one of those things that is, is, as much media coverage as, as you can get for your own company, uh, whether there's any truth in it or not, he, he's doing the right thing by uh, addressing it. I actually think it'd be a, a really decent move. I know they're a bit late to the party for this uh, cross-promotional work. And I, and I also don't think that even if they did have some sort of, uh, you know, uh, written alliance that, that is going to harm AEW, I think that there's still plenty of promotions that they can, uh, you know, they can work across. Uh, and if it is an exclusive promotion or if it's ultimately going to open the, the doors for something bigger, uh, then it's something we should look forward to. WWF, then WWE, were always a pretty close shot 
they would sign people from other promotions, but there wouldn't be, you know, much cross uh, promotional work. So it'd be interesting to see where it goes and if it's one upmanship or if it's going to build actual decent alliances and, and cross promotional work that might benefit the actual talent in the long run. Absolutely. Um, it's, it's, it's that question we're all going to be speculating on until maybe it happens, I guess. Um, but we'll, we'll see uh, as as things develop and if anything does come from this. What about yourself, Michael? Do you do you see any substance yourself? Or, or do you think Tony Khan's shit in a brick or do you think he's, <laughs> he's, he's calm as a cucumber? Uh, you know, I've, I've seen kind of like mixed reviews on this and I mean, we've spoke before on the podcast on the podcast about how we would quite like to see. Well, I would quite like to see uh, a world where everybody get. And I, I don't know why I just specified me. I'm sure everybody would love to see a world <laughs> where everybody gets along. Uh, in the wrestling world, WWE, AEW, New Japan, you know, Ring of Honor. If they're still about, I think they are. Um, uh, but it's just. <sighs> You know, I've read the like I've seen a review thinking that New Japan wrestlers will probably just go to WWE to try and like in WWE will want them to learn the WWE style, be so forthcoming with it, wanting to learn a different style. Uh, and I somewhat agree with that, but then on the other side of things, like it's it's hard being like looking at it that negatively because you'd like to be like they'd like to be positive and think that you know. People are going to get like like say Kevin Owens who doesn't get a chance to shine on uh, regular television because there's just so much talent right now. Like if he could get a chance to go away to New Japan for a wee while, like and just build up his star power even more, I think like something like that could be great. Uh, but if it is just kind of if it isn't to progress and it is just to kind of one up AEW, I think it's just kind of pathetic really <laughs> uh, I hope that's not the case I really I really hope it is something that could build to a brighter future for the wrestling but I mean obviously we've seen as you, as you alluded to Tony Khan kind of calling them out a wee bit on it and then WWE firing shots back I don't know if you've seen on Twitter today they put up a picture of Nia Jax saying Nia dominating since day one and it was her just uh, in our squash match against Britt Baker, right. uh, uh, so there's those wee shots going back and forward that makes me sad. <laughs> I just I wish know. I just wish everybody could get along, but um, I mean, such is life in the world of professional wrestling. It's, it's, I suppose it's always been that way. There's always been competitiveness, especially in the American market. But uh, I just hope WWE doesn't use this to create a stranglehold because I mean, we've seen. I mean. John Moxley right now is, I mean, he's a uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling United States champion. I mean, we just had uh, Yuji Nagata in a match against him on AEW. So AEW are clearly, you know, great, uh, grateful for this relationship and they're utilising it, like by putting these people on TV and stuff like that. I just, I just get the fear that they would put New Japan Pro Wrestling stars on like NXT or 205 Live or something like that. <laughs> Aye, I know. It's, it's, it's a scary thought, 205. Not that there's anything wrong with NXT, by the way, sorry. No, no, of course, of course not. Of course you didn't mean that. <laughs> no, um, along the lines that you guys are saying, no, I, I suppose it's a, there's a risk, isn't there, um, of you know burning bridges, but there's also the potential of building them, of course, um, and I think it would be good. Um, 
thinking there's people already within the WWE who've already been and done New Japan Wrestling. Um, obviously, once you go to WWE, obviously you cut ties with whatever companies you go to. <laughs> uh, but you've got people like AJ Styles, Ricochet. Um, you've got other, I'm assuming there's people like your Askers and your Sarai's and your uh, Io Shirai's that have, and Suzuki Nakamura's that have, have all probably been in or around the New Japan Wrestling scene. Um, so there is a good chance of that, but there's a lot of them already involved. So, I mean, that could potentially be something that's good in itself. I mean, we're seeing a lot more Japanese superstars coming through uh, the ranks of WWE, whether that be on the main rosters or whether that be on NXT. Uh, and, I mean, I- I've yet to be disappointed by any of them, personally. Uh, every one of them have, have really impressed me. It's not something I've went out of my way ever to go, oh, I'm going to go and watch New Japan Wrestling, but the more and more I see them, because they're being displayed on a on a show that you know, makes you interested in it because you're starting to go hang on actually I might be missing out something here because the style of wrestling that they produce isn't produced by any other type of wrestler in the world really it's, it's their own style and you, if you either so I know some people won't appreciate it some people will I wasn't really sure of it at first I didn't really know much about it but the more I seen it the more I was like actually I, I, I could actually really get into this I could, there's a potential I could watch this show you know and actually go this is amazing because it really is. It's, it's a really interesting style. It's kind of old style in a sense as well. Some mm. of the stuff that they do. Um, so in a, in a way, I think it is. It'd be good to see if it can build. But my worry is it's I, like you say, a one up and ship. I don't know if that is the case, but it is a crazy theory to think that I don't know how it would work. I'd imagine it's like a, a football contract or something, you know, um, where there's, you know, you're not allowed to do this, I'm not allowed to do this and so on and so forth, and I'm assuming if it was a WWE wrestler that was going to New Japan Wrestling and they had some sort of crazy match with another Japanese wrestler that was a triple threat, but the other, the other opponent was for AEW, I'm assuming that would be a no-go. Um, but then again, I imagine it wasn't. I imagine this is the testing ground in New Japan Wrestling to, to test whether we could, you know, it's something that fans will like instead of, in their eyes, maybe ruining the product if they're bringing people over because imagine they did just open with that there's, there's going to be fans up in arms obviously that are WWE fans only and then there's fans that are equally going to be up in arms at um, AW because they'll be like well we don't want anything to do with our company unlike us guys we're, uh, we're these wrestling fans who like to appreciate all the wrestling you get uh, not just the not just the one show and that's it um, so I don't know how that would go I, I'd be interested to see if that would go, if that would be a possibility because that's a Playing it safe, card demise, but um, I don't know. What do you think? Well, I think, it, it, I think if it's managed well, uh, kind of harking back to the, the podcast that, that Stone Cold and, and Jericho did, where they were talking about competition being good, and if if this is something that's leading to to two organisations believing. You know that they really are competing against each other and pulling out all the stops and doing everything that they can to come out and top. Then us as the fans are, are going to benefit. We're the ones that's going to end up with a better quality product at the at the end of the day. Uh, if it's all about Vince McMahon trying to put another company out of business and doing whatever he can, you know, to to destroy it, then we're going to end up back in the same monopoly that, that we had that led to the deterioration of the WWE product. So I'm nervous, but I'm also excited. Uh, and I'm hopeful that there's too much momentum behind AEW now. Uh, they seem to be too well run. 
have too much money behind them and have too many people who know what they're doing and creative control uh, for that to happen. So hopefully the fans can be the ones that benefit out of this and hopefully the talent aren't the ones that that suffer. Uh, They already spend an awful long time away from their families and if the cross-promotional stuff is done without any regard to the to the talent, then I, I would hate to see them sacrificing his learning nothing, you know, for them for them the past 20, 30 years. Aye, no, I totally agree because as it's, um, I, I certainly don't, you guys are probably the same with it. You don't, it's something you sometimes forget about how, how, how long these guys are on the road and mm. that a lot of these wrestlers actually do have, you know, young families, some, some of them may be older than can maybe get away with it, but like, either way, it's going to put a strain on your, your life anyway because you're constantly on the road. But um, no, I totally agree with that. I think it's um, something they would need to consider. But at the same time, it's it's just a wee bit. At the same time, the only thing that really maybe puts us off of that theory is how would they decide the winner? Do you know I mean how would they all agree? You know, if it, it turned out a freeway thing or even even just one to one because well, AEW approved it, they can obviously have a have a winner and have a loser and I get they've agreed on it so there's no dispute otherwise the thing wouldn't go ahead but I'm not so sure if WWE would be the same. But I don't know if they would be as happy to let an EW wrestler win a, a belt um instead of, you know, the, the New Japan wrestler that would maybe only be happy with that, but maybe not the AEW. But then again if it was just the two of them, uh, they could have a similar relationship as AEW do. But uh, but it's crazy. It might actually be, end up just benefiting New Japan Wrestling then because they're just getting to promote their wrestlers all over the world. Then, <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So we're, we're kind of forgetting that as well. But then again, that's not a bad promotion. It's not exactly a, an unknown promotion. It's certainly a, a good one. Uh, but That's a big possibility. I, th- I think New Japan certainly done an awful lot better uh, with, with Gallows and Anderson than either WWE or AEW have done so far. Uh, and even further back, if you look at the, the kind of work, that, that Hulk Hogan was doing when he was in Japan, the quality uh, and and just the variety of his moveset compared to what he was allowed or, or enabled to do at WWF uh, and then later at WCW. This guy was a, a pretty decent wrestler uh, and then ended up at WWF with a, a moveset of six or seven. You know, <laughs> uh, it, it's not that when he first started out, the guy couldn't wrestle. It was impressive in Japan. I think they've got a great knack of getting the best out of people to tell stories in a way that actually I'm not even sure if a lot of the WWE talent went over there and absolutely set the place alight, that when they came back, they still wouldn't be stifled, you know, for the for the same old reasons. Absolutely. Um as it's um, it's just really kind of up in up in the air, isn't it? Really, like how how this all could go. Um, do you have anything else to add to it, Michael? Or do you do you feel? Uh, uh, well, one thing I'll say is I know that uh, New Japan is fucking apparently amazing because my my good friend Connor, shout out Connor, keeps banging on to me to watch uh, New Japan. He's like, watch it, and I'm like, ah. Because I'm not that way, like it, it took me out. Like if it wasn't for this podcast, I probably wouldn't watch it as much AEW because I'm just like WWE's easy to access for me because I've got fucking WWE Network and I'm lazy. Uh, <laughs> um, but I'm very glad that I'm watching AEW. Uh, so I think 
I mean, it can only be it can only be good. So either New Japan or with WWE or with AEW. I feel like AEW would be better for them though. But if WWE treats it well, I mean, they've got the money, they've got the platform. I think we'll think positively. If all goes well, I think it's going to be a brilliant thing for the world of wrestling. And like just to when you were saying about, uh, I don't think like WWE won't. Like an AEW start to win a belt, and like when you said that, I was like, Yeah, I could definitely see Vince McMahon like just having an absolute fucking <laughs> fit, just seeing like I don't know, Orange Cassidy with the Intercontinental Championship on Dynamite, like <laughs> calling him Daniel Bryan, actually genuinely thinking it's Daniel Bryan. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> what? Oh, let Daniel Bryan on AEW. <laughs> thought we sacked him, thought we. <laughs> <laughs> Well, honestly, uh, I don't know. It'd be it, you never know. Do you know what I mean the guy could be smart enough in his business? You never know. But um, I think it's probably safe to say I've tried to Google it to see actually interest. Um, but I'd imagine as the case of WWE is very much um, the, the biggest players in the game when it comes to the wrestling scene. But uh, money wise, I'd imagine. Uh, but then again, Tony oh. Khan's supposed to have a fair whack of money, so I was kind of going, "Has hmm, he maybe caught up, or is he catching up, or you know, is there something we don't know?" But couldn't find it. Unfortunately, could go fail me in that one. <laughs> I reckon Tony Tony can most of his money comes from his dad, doesn't it? And I think he'll have it invested in like he's good in the Jacksonville Jaguars. And there was there was another company that he had that like blew my mind that it was his. And I, I really wish I could remember what it was, but it's just some mad company that I didn't expect him to own. Like considering he's got a an, an American football team and a wrestling company. <laughs> But uh, but I think that like uh, Vince and obviously with these Saudi deals as well. I mean I don't know if they're still a thing. Well, obviously with COVID they can't go. But I don't know if once all this is over, like if they'll be going back to their shows. Uh, but they're a f- mega like cash grab. Like <laughs> you heard, oh, was it I'd, was it Fulham mate? Was it Fulham? That's it? A, aye 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 Fulham. Aye. 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 I, I knew it was a football team, but I knew we hit the wrong football team. <laughs> It's <laughs> something random there. <laughs> oh. Ah, it's crazy, isn't it? That really is. Uh, um, but, oh, what was I going to... I'll get back to that. Sorry, I threw you off the track here, mate. No, sorry. you're fine, man. You're fine. Uh, oh. Aye, with a... I, like, a Chris Jericho has came out and said, like, uh, with the Saudi deals... Like he really didn't want to go to the show, but then he like he's seen the check and it was like the same amount he got for main event in a WrestleMania. So, so if the stars, the stars, if the talent is getting that kind of cash, I mean, you can only imagine what the the big wigs are getting. Aye, it's, it's scary. It really is. It's, it worries you, like especially we're talking about like things like with the, the wrestlers on the road. Uh, you'd like to think they're getting a, a decent amount because you need to remember they've got a lot of travelling as well. So I'd imagine they're having to, you know, dig into their own pockets to, to do that. I highly doubt WWE are paying their travel, uh, unless you're obviously in the private jets, of course. I seen. I, I think it was. Uh, I think it was Austin Aries. I was listening to in a podcast. Could be wrong. I'm pretty sure it was. That uh, I think WWE they they accommodate their travel, like they'll book their travel and stuff like that, uh, and they'll pay for it. Like just to get them from show to show, but you'll need to like hire cars, you'll need to hire your hotel and stuff like that. But Austin Aries was saying that he said just 
pay me extra and then I'll book my own travel and that way I don't need to like worry about connecting flights here and there or if it cancels then you need to sort it I can just sort it myself so I think that's the way it works Aye, I mean, that would make sense to the phone. <laughs> I'm not going to make it. I'm pretty sure there's been wrestlers that have spoke about that, how they've been late for shows and, and they'll made it. Because <laughs> was it not Jericho that said something like that? I think you're on the podcast. I could be wrong. I'm sure they said something. Or was it you talking to somebody else? I, can't, I, can't, I could be wrong. I think so. Or like their gear gets fucking lost in baggage or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine. <laughs> I think that's happened. I think that may have happened to, I want to say, The Undertaker. I could be wrong. Though. Oh my god, worst person that could ever happen to. <laughs> I know. I'm imagining what they'd be panicking to try and like, put together, <laughs> especially with the teams that maybe they didn't have back then. Um, if, it, if, it was, if it was old school Undertaker, just be like, get my pair of marigolds and spray paint them purple. I <laughs> <laughs> happened to, to Nia Jax. Nia Jax was performing at the Hydro. They lost her luggage at Glasgow Airport. Because uh, I stole her pants in 16 years, camped under them, 13 apart. <laughs> <laughs> oh, poor woman. <laughs> you can edit that out, Lewis. <laughs> Hopefully, I can find it. <laughs> I absolutely love it. Oh. So, <laughs> we'll swiftly move, we'll start on with a, a wrestling talk since we're, we're fastly approaching our. Uh, a pay-per-view time um, maybe an hour and a half or so um, so we've got um, the first matchup kicking off AEW was uh, Darby Allen versus Benoni um, the guy I've not seen for a wee while I feel um, I could be wrong but I've certainly not seen him for a while I think it may be one of our first AEW uh, podcasts uh, that we were speaking about him we were all trying to not butcher the name um, <laughs> but uh, what did you make of that first match to kick off the show? I thought it was really good. I thought I thought Benoni's uh, again done another good job. Any any time we see him, he seems to be uh, jobbing for somebody else. I know he didn't get much a, a chance at WWE, but I think he's really doing him a solid. He's a capable and ring performer. Always looks strong. Always looks as if he's capable of, of pulling off a, a win. Big giant uh, slab of meat again for, for Darby <laughs> Allen to, to spend a long time spinning around. But uh, again, one of these where Allen seems to be the, the perpetual underdog. Uh, but I, I thought it was a, a decent match. You no, know, Benoni obviously opened really, really fast. Uh, and for an opener, I, I think when the crowd were were making an awful, awful lot of noise. Obviously, a lot of them really behind uh, Darby Allen, but it's got to be a really good environment for for Benoni uh, because I haven't seen him. I've been watching him now for uh, for about a year and a half, and I haven't seen him pick up a win yet. God, really? That's scary. That's that is actually scary. <laughs> how would they? I wonder how he's feeling about that. Maybe he's not really giving a toss if he's if he's walking away with the wage packet. I guess he's not going to complain. <laughs> no, he's he's happy. He's getting good matches. It's, it's always against top talents. No, uh, a connecting match against uh, Cody Rhodes uh, earlier in the, the year. So it's not as if he, I think he's too big and too competent to call him fodder. You know, for the for the A-listers, but he's certainly getting matches against the, the the top talent. So whether he's you know he's happy with that and 
and he's able to, to have enough freedom within a match that he, he's never getting squashed. He never looked stupid. Again, he, he, he looked rock solid at the, at the start of this match. Uh, and again, you know, AEW doing what they, they do best and, and kicking off with momentum. You know, I, I quite like that. And I don't think, you know, Benoni let anybody down here. Absolutely, I thought it looked quite solid. Would you think, Michael? Did you were you quite impressed with both men in, in that match? I thought Darby Allen was selling really well for him, especially obviously with the the taped up ribs from uh, Miro's brutal attack on him, as well as getting chucked on the stairs. Pull, I'd kind of catch a break. <laughs> uh, but no, this this was the first time I've seen. Uh, and I th- I thought he looked I thought he looked really good, like chucking Darby Allen a bit like a, like a wet rag. Uh, Honestly, like just picking him up like a honestly like a small child and just fucking launching him <laughs> across the place. Um, but uh, it was nice to see Darby Allen get the win. Obviously, I think he needed it after uh, losing the title last week to Miro. But I mean, not, or sorry, the week before that to Miro because uh, I never saw last week because because I'm, <laughs> I'm a busy boy. <laughs> um, but no, I, th- I thought I I think as I said, Darby Allen should have won the match. Uh, and the match was pretty good to showcase both the guys because, like I say it all the time, like it doesn't harm somebody to lose a match as long as they lose it in the right way. And I think this was like the perfect way to lose it because, as I said, he did look so strong throughout it. Uh, and I think Darby Allen's just such a good talent like that. Uh, Over the top stunner he does is just brilliant. And the coffin drop, I just like feel like I just look at wrestlers like. Jake Roberts or like the Undertaker walking now, and I just fear for him. Like he's back <laughs> when he's an old man. <laughs> uh, but I and there was a like I quite liked the the fallout after the match as well when uh, Scorpio Sky and uh, Ethan Page came out and gave them a bit of trash talk as well. Uh, but there, there was quite a theme of that in AEW uh, on on Friday. I will say, like there was quite a lot of. After match shenanigans, <laughs> which some of them were decent, but in fact, all of them were decent. But just the fact that there was so many, it was like, whew, there's a lot <laughs> to I take in here. <laughs> and the thing is, it's like you could probably we could probably find a way to pick a hole in that and on, on one match, probably in Raw. But um, AW seems to just you know, like you say, they've just probably put a, a full house of them out. But at the end of the day, every single one, and it's the way they've portrayed it. It's it's added more heat to that match. Certainly, I don't, unless, I don't know if you disagree with that, but I, I personally thought there was there wasn't really any of the, those ones where they, they had people coming out and involve themselves to equalise uh, teams, uh, you know, sides basically. Um, I don't really feel like personally. I don't feel that they kind of like did it wrong. I think it was all done differently. It wasn't all the same. Basically, if it was all the same, I, I think it would. We, you could complain and pick holes in it, but I think mm-hmm. every everyone done its job to. Pump up each, uh, obviously match. Yeah, uh, and I think that's what I'll say for AEW is, and I think it was Gangrel. I heard a wee clip of a podcast saying, uh, talking about the attitude era and how that was better than like the current WWE product, and it was like every person had a feud, like from the main event to the mid card, like everybody had a feud and everybody felt important. And I get that feeling from AEW, and yeah, I, as I said, there was like a lot, of, like a lot in this show, but it did well to progress all those, like all the storylines coming out of it. 
So, as you said, like if it's done well, then it is hard, it is hard to pick flaws in it. Uh, but if like if I could t- come up with one negative, because like you can't just be bumming them up too much, I suppose. That's true. Uh, that's true. It, it would be that, but um, it is a very minor negative, I suppose. Nice. I think, I think that's the thing. The, the problem isn't that uh, there are so many things happen after the match here, or that so many things happen before you get to a match in WWE. It's a, it's about how well it's executed. Uh, I think if these were poorly executed, if they made no sense, if they were repetitive and it was the same thing that was happening all the time, we'd be complaining the same. The issue isn't about where and when you have the promos or the run-ins, you know, or the uh, or the heat for any of the feuds. It's how well they're done and are they actually adding value. But what was happening before WrestleMania and, and, and after WrestleMania was that the value of the pay-per-view was getting diluted by ineffective run-ins and pre-match carry-on and mm-hmm. repetitive prequels of, of what was to, to come so that actually you cared less but what EW are, are doing well and I know there was an awful lot of stuff after the matches which is only the opposite of what they do in Raw with so much before but yeah. it's because because they're doing it well I no it's um, and that's the thing as you say it's the importance of that um, I don't I can't actually remember many Many run-ins, really, um, when it comes to WWE, to be honest, I think probably most likely uh, run-ins, I think, were most uh, successful ones anyway have been in, in NXT, probably, and to be honest, I think that's even in uh, of rear mirrors. Uh, I don't think it's uh, been any time recently. Yeah, I think it's a, a good while ago, but no, it's, it is good. I, I like that kind of thing. I think it brings a bit of excitement. I think I certainly, if you were on a, uh, at the show live, I, I think it would get you buzzing because you don't know who's going to run out, of course. Um, right. And obviously, days past, like your attitude errors, I think, when we're talking about things like that, um, you always liked it when, say, like, just throwing a, a wee bond you had out there, the, the, the Batista and Rey Mysterio one, obviously, you always kind of half expected Batista to run out, but imagine you at that show, you'd been absolutely buzzing to see Batista run out and save them, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Um, that, that's spot on, right, uh, Lewis, that, that, that it is, that you don't know who's going to run out, you don't know what's going to happen, uh, because here we've got a chance... To, to look at somebody we haven't seen for a while, and I totally forgot that Dolph Ziggler even had a baby brother, you know. And then <laughs> Ryan Nemeth is, is running out with, with Benoni, and supposedly pretty Peter Avalon, that's a bit questionable. Uh, <laughs> and then again, uh, Dark Order jumping out to make the save, which I think is really interesting, and it makes you wonder then, you know, is there maybe a future with, with Sting and Darby Allen after Double or Nothing? It's linked closely to the to the dark order, you know, because certainly in terms of themes that makes sense. Absolutely, um, I think I was saying to you guys at the start uh, there was obviously didn't get to see the Stampede match from uh, yesteryear, uh, so I rewatched that. But coincidentally, obviously, Auto plays another match that was from an, I think it was from an all or nothing, uh, double or nothing. Sorry, all or nothing. Um, Keep fucking mixing them up. Don't know why. Um, but the <laughs> and it all, was, all uh, or nothing's a, a crack and share song, incidentally. Well, well worth a listen to after you're finished here. <laughs> What's that known? We're on Spotify. Just cure. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it was. Um, it was interesting to see. I think it was like the early days of like um, you're kind of. I don't think like MGF and stuff like that. I think I don't know. If, I, I didn't catch the year right enough, but it was like a battle royale. Basically, you had everybody running it. Um, and it was like all the members of like the the, the pinnacle or the pineapple, um, 
obviously mine's a few, uh, and they're all fighting each other and stuff like that. And I was just going, this is this is crazy. It's like they're throwing each other out. There was obviously wrestlers in there that are no longer in AEW, but I suppose it was their answer to like a, I think a Royal Rumble or something. Um, and they had like, Tommy Dreamer and all that kicking about. Uh, it, was, <laughs> it was unreal. Um, but it was it was crazy to think like you know how many of these guys are still kind of still there from from that point, uh, and now are now a team. Um, like like you guys say, it's kind of. One of these things you don't know how they could form and why they could form and so on and so forth. And certainly back then, I don't think anybody could have predicted uh, the pineapple. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that's well worth a, a watch. I think I'm going to go back and watch the entire uh, match of that. Anyway, that's for sure. Um, but have you just got a prediction for how this match will go tonight? Darby Allen and Stag versus Ethan Page and uh, Scorpio Sky. Yeah, and then, and actually, uh, Patron Patron Scorpio Sky because they've done such a good job of, you know, a playing these heels for the the past couple of months. We actually forget how talented they are in uh, the ring. Scorpio Sky is as good as anybody on any roster. Unbelievable, uh, and Page has got a, a whole load of potential and and talent yet to be realised. So, uh, to me, this has got all of the, the whole marks here, a classic for me. You've got you get the old veteran making a return. You've got Darby Allen, uh, you know, not too long ago was the, the champion. And you've got the other two guys in an upward trajectory that it, it makes it really difficult to predict who the, who the winner's going to be here. Uh, I think, given it, that Darby Allen's taken the, the loss and then get plunged in a, a flight of stairs, <laughs> I think they're probably going to be protective of, of him. It's not really going to cost uh, Scorpio uh, or Page, you know, a, a loss, particularly with the return of the, the legend. With EW again, you never know, but I think probably Alan and Stinger taking the win here. I'd agree with that one, but yourself, Michael, you you're on the same lines. Uh, I'm much the same. I'm I'm curious though as to see. I mean, I think the commentary team mentioned it a fair few times that this is this will be Sting's first match in six years uh, after was it Seth Rollins his last match it was I I'm so sure I'll, be, I'll be really interested and excited to see if Sting's still got it and I have high hopes that he still does because <laughs> can't uh, be any worse than Goldberg can he <laughs> I mean well, let the less said about that. Billy Boy's the better. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I've got I've got high hopes for this match, and I am much the same as you. I think Alan and the old Stinger are going to come away with the win. He certainly thought of his move sets. I think um, quite well. I think for as as he gets older, mm-hmm. so he doesn't exactly do the, the most uh, strength. You know, like he doesn't have to use a lot of strength for his moves and. Doesn't he he, he lift a full grown man over his fucking head at over 50 years old? (laughs) Exactly. He may get a little bit slower for he's he's obviously the stinger splash, but then again, I suppose at least if it still splashes, it's fine. (laughs) As long as he can jump. That's important. It's it's not important that uh, you go out there and try to impress with all these high flying moves. It's important, you know, that that you can be solid and still be as lethal, you know, using your brain and still. Being as if you know as effective, without necessarily having to cover the same ground, and that's why I don't frog splash Greg at work. That's why he gets <laughs> whenever he's cheeky. He's effective. It's quick. You don't need to run about letting a bit. I think you need to line one up from after him ditching his night. Liam, I think you really do. Next time, next time he's in, just wait around the corner for him. 
I'll leave that. I'll even take the cushions off the couch this time so it hurts more. <laughs> right through the wooden beam in the middle. <laughs> so we'll move on. Sorry, man, you go you get some yeah. Oh, no, to I was just gonna say, like the um the one match that I could like maybe compare it to in, in hopes of it being like is uh I don't know if you remember the the Undertaker Roman Reigns against Drew McIntyre in oh who the fuck was it again? I can't remember the the guy that Drew McIntyre was with, but it was a tag team match. I think it was basically the Undertaker's kind of way of <laughs> apologising for the WrestleMania match that we had to sit through. Um, That's right. Hi, it was pretty decent. You're right. Uh, and Undertaker looked fucking brilliant. Like he was running the ropes like his old self, and oh. it was it was great to see. And uh, I, I really hope that Sting can pull that off. <laughs> is that isn't it, the, the clip I've maybe seen on YouTube where he's on the outside waiting to get tagged in, but he's literally running on the oh, thing no, that, back that, off? Is that, that something was, else? That was well back in the. Day. <laughs> I, I think I think we see, I think we see him do that like kind of thing at a house show. Who? Sorry. I think it was him and Woodward. That does. I think I, I think it right. That would be some house match, that's for sure. Oh no, the I think that was that was a Survivor Series match, wasn't it? I think that was a Survivor Series match. The house show match was just like it was the Teddy Long era. So it was like <laughs> coming out and making six man tags oh, with, no. with the Undertaker. <laughs> <laughs> oh, got to miss that guy, haven't you? Sometimes <laughs> really do. I love seeing him back at Throwback SmackDown. I know. Yeah, I can add, add wee hopes. <laughs> <laughs> Take him on Raw, wouldn't you? I would. <laughs> fucking in a heartbeat. <laughs> Just instantly improve it. <laughs> I'd take fucking John Laurinaitis at this point. Oh, no. <laughs> People power! Oh, my God. Oh, no. That guy really was. I can't well, believe we would have mentioned a Darby Allen and his coffin drop, which sounds a wee bit like a strepsil, and now we're talking about Big Larry Dyer. Next we'll be talking about uh, Cedric Alexander and all. Oh, mate, I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> Had to beat you to it, mate. <laughs> unreal, unreal. I don't know. don't know what was going on with his voice, really don't. Um, so we'll move on to, obviously, my least favourite person in the AW uh, versus Cody Rhodes. Uh, what did you make of that kind of whole weigh-in situation? Um, did you think it did anything for the feud? Uh, did you think it was necessary? I think for see for anybody that's watched some of the the great matchups in in world history, your Lewis, your Tyson's, you know, your Mayweather and, and Pacquiao, this had all the, the feeling of, of none of that. <laughs> absolute, <laughs> absolute waste of time. Uh, I, I, I like the addition of you know Paul White being there. I did some star quality. Uh, Cody Rhodes great on on the mic, but this just was a big waste of time. A non event. Uh, and I'm not really sure I've got much more to say about it than that. Maybe will be a self-maker you get in, Dad. Logan Paul Floyd Mayweather vibes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I actually, I actually kind of, I'm not going to lie, like, I've, uh, it's been well documented that I've not been the biggest fan of a go-go, but I didn't actually mind this. I thought it was, it was very different to what you'd see in, like, your average wrestling show. And it kind of gave it that Legit, well, I mean, as legit as a wrestling fight can be, like that legit fight feel, even though he's only a bronze medalist and you know, Kurt Angle's a gold medalist, and that's the standard we set in wrestling. So, 
get better. Uh, <laughs> He's one pound but, heavier. I did think I I fucking poor Paul White <laughs> struggling with that scale. <laughs> and it was like, what was it he said? I, I uh, can I get an electric scale? This is all I could get in short notice. <laughs> uh, I thought I think I it, it was a decent a decent idea. And Paul White kind of saved that we's. His humour, I thought he was brilliant in it. Uh, and Cody Rhodes was smashing as well. Uh, but Anthony Agogo, I mean, I just I can't get behind a man that wears that many Union Jacks. I really can't. <laughs> it's not the reason I'm not behind him. It's just, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's just fine if it is, mate. You can just, it's just his shape. <laughs> it's just as <laughs> simple as his shape. Um, and honestly, I just I think that's probably. The only the only part of that match I'm not looking forward to. It's just a shame we couldn't replace him last minute with somebody else because uh, I was looking forward to the Cody Rhodes side of it because his build up has been brilliant. Uh, a Gogo's has just been like, non-existent. My putting a flag here, somebody's just like nah. <laughs> you know what? I, I I wouldn't put it past them to be deliberately repressing Anthony Gogo's ability. I think we all might be in for a nice surprise. Maybe he's been saving everything up for this match. If, if anybody's going to get a good match out, it's going to be Cody. I've never seen him have a bad match in AEW. So, you know, fingers crossed that <laughs> they've been deliberately limiting him so far. So that for this pay-per-view, you know, he can show all the, all the development in his character. It was interesting to see DDP give him a, a wee push on the promo as well. So hopefully he does have a lot more in the locker than he's been able to show just now. I hope you're right, mate. I really do. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Bad bunny vibes. Uh, yeah, bad bunny's fantastic, mate. Don't you dare. I know, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. You didn't, didn't expect it, but did you? No, no, that's true. It's well, true we, did, we did, mate. We did. Oh, no, we, we did. did. We did. Back to me, how? Back to me, how? <laughs> everything, music, wrestling, everything. <laughs> if DDP can take disabled vets to not be able to walk, to be able to run a marathon, I'm pretty sure it can get a power slam at Anthony Agogo. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, that's a thing, isn't it? Anthony Agogo, most of these matches have been fucking squash matches, aren't they? On, uh, on stomach day, taps. Like, <laughs> uh, fuck off, Jesus. <laughs> so, I, re- I, re- I mean, don't get me wrong, I, I'm 100% sure that that is the way it's going to finish. Like, he's going to, like, tickle his tummy. But, <laughs> uh, but I think, I don't think it's going to be a squash. I think Cody's going to, as you said, like get a really good match out of him. Uh, I've got high hopes for it. To be honest, because I think as much as I don't like a go go right now, I think I mean, you just felt that way about <laughs> don't get me wrong here. I am not in any way, shape, or form comparing these two. I'm just using this as an example. <laughs> you uh, had negative feelings towards Cameron Grimes at the start, and now you just love him. Yep, yeah. Yeah. Bus, we don't all love him, pal. <laughs> you just don't like any cunt, do you? That's good charisma. <laughs> Fucking... Natalia, Natty Nae Charisma, that's who you love. And Sami Zayn, fucking everybody you hate. Oh, oh, he doesn't like somebody I like. I'm just going to help Natalia. We're watching Antia Gogo every week. And and you're criticising Natalia. (laughs) I also watch Natalia every week. Exactly. <laughs> the move set of the whole roster wrapped up in one wee gorgeous body, and you're criticizing. <laughs> With too much makeup on, apparently, according to you. 
I just think she's gorgeous. Even she's natural, she doesn't need it. <laughs> I'm telling Tyson, kid. <laughs> <laughs> she's like your mommy. She's naturally beautiful. No necessary. Oh, oh, oh I can't hate on you now. Feud <laughs> <laughs> ended for this episode, maybe. <laughs> we'll, we'll see. We'll see. We've still got SmackDown to go. <laughs> that's true, that's true, that's true. That's true. <laughs> so um, we've gone to the next match, and that was uh, Hangman Page versus Joey Janela. What did you just make of this? I, I personally really enjoyed it. I thought it was a great performance so with both men um, beating the hell out of each other. What did you make of it? I thought it was magic. I, I'm really a big fan of Adam Page, and this is what I love about AEW. They've done such a good job of portraying him as a main event guy. Uh, or at least pushing that uh, and I think this match just did great for both these guys they were given time uh, it wasn't in favour heavily of either of the two of them, they were both like given kind of equal opportunity to show what they've got but one thing I, I do not I, I, I might have missed it, like looking away to write my notes, I don't know if you've seen it or if it was maybe just not picked up how did Adam Page get split open so badly at the end. Like, I, I've literally no idea what happened. <laughs> I didn't catch it myself, to be honest, mate. Did you, did you, No, I did. I think that was the point. If you listen to the commentary as well, I don't think, I don't think they were entirely sure ah, you know, okay. uh, how that happened. I don't know if it's a blading that's went wrong or if it's something that's happened genuinely, but, you know, been missed and if nobody able to capitalise on uh, on, on commentary, I'm, I'm not entirely sure how that happened. Uh, you know, but I, I, I totally agree with you. You know, when they, they signed Joey Janela, I was dead excited. I couldn't wait to see him. Uh, and then we never really got to see much of him. So he's a wee bit like Ziggler's wee bro. I, I totally forgot he was there. So, <laughs> but again, he justified why he's on the roster. And I thought he gave a really good account himself. Uh, I, I think probably because of the, you know, the momentum again behind Hangman Page, there was only one way it was going to go. Uh, but Janela did himself a, a lot of favours here, I think. Uh, if he's not, you know, raised a, a flag, you know, for his own career push, uh, then I don't know what he, he's going to have to do. I thought this was a, a great match, dead exciting. Uh, and after the the first match, which was kind of frenetic and, and fast, it just kept up the pace, you know, and it wasn't a filler. Uh, and sometimes the, the second match on the, the cards, a forgettable one, but but this was the opposite of that. Totally memorable, uh, really eventful, and, and absolutely loved it. I'm the same. I, I, I love personally uh, Hangman, Hangman Page. I think he's one of my favourites um, out of the, the AW uh, roster, that's for sure. But uh, I've seen a wee bit, but bits and bobs of Joey Janela. Uh, that match I was talking to you about, the, I think it was the Casino Royale for a couple of years ago. As I say, it came on after watching the highlights of that Stampede match, and it was uh, he came across as quite a funny character. Uh, I think he lit a cigarette in the ring and it ended up getting stuck to his forehead or something. <laughs> um, which I found quicker. And then I seen him in, in this on Friday, and I was going, This is a, it's, it's a different side of me, he's quite serious, sort of thing. But he can be brutal, but obviously there was that comedy side that I liked that. I thought it was quite good. But um, I had to put up some fight against each other, and I liked the aftermath as well. Obviously, we had. Uh, Brian Cage come out and uh, obviously Hangman managed to convince him to keep his cronies in the back for the match but whether that goes ahead that way I don't know if it's still going to be a, a case of run outs uh, do you think it's do you guys think it's genuinely going to be the case one on one or do you think it's there's going to be involvement regardless 
I thought that was a, a, a masterclass by, by Page. Well, Brian, but Brian Cage looks solid, but he doesn't. He's not getting any vibes of Stephen Fry. It does look like a big dog wall, and I think it was, <laughs> I think it was totally, totally played here. Uh, really, really well done. I, I, I thought, uh, and the big man agreed. Whether whether that actually happens, I, I doubt very much they're going to have. You know, Team Taz there in the, in the back and, and not use them at the pay per view. I, I definitely expect them to make their, their presence felt. Absolutely. It seems like I've, I've been hearing that there's a lot of kind of talk that maybe he might potentially break away from them, like as if he's been keeping his distance from them, uh, slowly but surely kind of furthering himself away from them. So I don't know if that's a a possibility, maybe. If, if this is what's going to happen, maybe he loses and maybe Taz is off. You know, decides you know you're, you're gone, or maybe Brian Cage going to say he doesn't need them if he if he picked up the win against Page. You never know. I don't know if it's maybe the fact that I've been watching WWE for too many years, but I could just see it like uh, the Brian Cage maybe doesn't want them by ringside, and Taz is on. Unco- and by the way, that's another reason I love Adam Page: the fact that Taz is always on commentary for for his <laughs> matches, and I fucking love hearing Taz. See, especially during the. The ad breaks when they're just allowed to like they're no like properly on, <laughs> so <they're> just kind of <laughs> laughing and joking with each other. Oh, it's brilliant. Uh, but I, I think I can see probably maybe Taz being on commentary, and then if things maybe aren't going his way, maybe getting uh, the other guys down to try and like the other guys who team Taz down to maybe try and help Cage out, and then he gets raging because it costs him the match. But again, I don't know if that's maybe just because I've been watching WWE for too many years. <laughs> never know, mate. Never know. They might take that leaf out of their book. You never know. I doubt <laughs> it. <though. laughs> the thing about him leaving uh, Team Taz is he doesn't really do it. They've already got somebody who's got that same physical stature in the, uh, the group. No. Uh, and, and somebody else who looks like a, uh, you know, they've got a, maybe a, a future career similar to, to Samuel Guevara and, and Taz's son. We guy looks athletic and, and capable, still a wee bit green, but you know, an awful lot to go. And Ricky Starks is, is unbelievable. So uh, actually, even if, you know, they lose somebody for that faction, it's still a pretty solid faction. Who is the, the big, what's the big guy's name again? It looks like a feral hacksaw, Jim Duggan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought. See if you took. I, I don't know if you guys will, will remember Bruiser Brody, but see right. if you took a if you took a picture of, of Bruiser Brody and squashed it down. Oh my god! Oh, that's brilliant. I like Powerhouse Hobbs is a he's a tanker, aren't he? Oh, the beast. Um, they two Clyden would be interesting. Maybe he could be him at Costume or something. Like I don't know. Because try and go a shot on Benjamin and Cedric Alexander route. <laughs> 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 when they pan out that way, definitely no. <laughs> I'd, I'd love to uh, see if there was any cross-promotional stuff. Imagine Hobbs versus Big E. It, oh. No, that would be oh, fucking amazing. Who, who, I don't need to ask Michael, because um, I know you, who you're back straight away. Who would you back yourself, <laughs> Liam? Would you, would you back Big E or would you back Power Hobbs? De- definitely Big E. Yes. We're on agreement there. We're on agreement there. <laughs> I suppose it's because I've not seen enough of this guy, but then again, nobody's got the charisma that uh, Biggie's got. Let's face it. All hop on yeah, the Biggie big, boat. Biggie's like he's got the the blackmail Natalia. Just hearing that song relight my fire. 
this guy. Aye. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Maybe one day. Maybe one day we're, we're hopes that this cross promotional stuff will get to see something like that. But hopefully these guys are still kicking about when that's actually happening. We'll wait, wait and see. Um, but we'll move on to uh, what I thought was maybe going to be another Shivani um, mouthing promos. Uh, it turned out not to be the case, of course. Uh, he was set to announce uh, Orange Cassidy to come out to the ring and none other than the bastard pack walks out uh, and instead he takes exception to uh, obviously the attention that Cassidy's been getting um, for, for the Sunday uh, pay-per-view so saying he's irrelevant so I don't know about you guys but after that do you, do you see uh, big Orange Cassidy in a different light after obviously the way that, that shit went down I don't see him in any light because usually when he starts talking, my eyes close, it goes dark. You know? <laughs> I wake up when one of them starts as if you're falling down a hole. He's no, he's no my <laughs> and, and, and I, I couldn't feel more different for Pac. It, you know, when he comes at it, I just think he's great. Even in that Jordy accent, it can still sound menacing. Uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I really hope you know, that either Pat takes it for the surprise or uh, or Omega keeps it or Omega keeps it. If Orange Cassidy wins it so that a whole bunch of eight-year-olds can buy him as a T-shirt, so I'll be broken up. What was your thoughts on that then, Michael? Do you, do you see him in a different light since he's managed to floor both men? Even if it was a bit of assistance with uh, the Good Brothers, of course, and Kenny Omega beating up Pat first. I mean, uh, I think I've made my points clear on Liam's love of people with charisma. Uh, sorry, Liam's lack of love for people with charisma. <laughs> uh, mental. Uh, no, I, I honestly, I can't see Orange Cassidy winning. I, I don't... I think he's still going to be like that comedic character. I can't see him being a big, like, dominating force ever. Like, I think he's going to get, like... Wins, I could see. I think the TNT title would probably be decent for him once. Uh, I mean, I don't know how the fuck he's going to get it off a Miro, to be honest. But, uh, but I think uh, Kenny Omega is probably going to hang on to the title for a wee bit longer. Although I would love to see Pack uh, hold it because I think oh, I would love to see Pack as AEW champion. But I honestly can't see it. Nah, I'm I'm among the same lines yourself. I think uh, Omega is retaining here for sure. Um, I'm just gutted that. Uh, whether I've missed this, obviously, um, Liam, you might be able to tell me if it's ever happened, but why is he never involved in actual orange peelings? That would have been epic if he had that inside the envelope instead of the contract he had <laughs> orange peelings or orange peelings and the paper. That would have been really funny. I don't know why they didn't think that one. Do you know, neither do I, because every other type of orange reference they managed to pull out for these feud with Chris Jericho. You know, where they were having a mimosa match in the middle of the ring. <laughs> you know, and stuff like that. The orange and the champagne was getting mixed and they were splashing about. And So it, I I thought that they would have exhausted every orange pun during that, but no, you've given them an extra one. <laughs> shame they can't redo it now. It's a shame. <laughs> 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 I know, what about yourself, do you? Do you see Omega just retaining as well, or do you think maybe Pat's got half a chance? You know, I'm always I'm always the same with, with matches that I, I'm actually invested in, and I, I really am looking forward to this one. You know, I've always got one with the, my heart really wants Pack, but my, but my head definitely is is in the Amiga camp. 
Absolutely, man. It's a clean, clean sweep, that's for sure. Um, we're certainly back in the, uh, the Thanos god of wrestling, um, that's for sure. Um, so long, long, long may that can, uh, reign continue. I think some, sometimes you kind of feel what you want to see a new champion, but at the same time you're thinking it is actually quite cool considering the guys going on such a dominant run. So it's kind of something you kind of secretly want to see, even if there's somebody you maybe want to take that title off. Right. He's, he's such a he's such a good egocentric asshole. This is a great deal character, <laughs> you know that, he, that he's created. Uh, but they could probably have as much fun with him losing and being resentful and, and feeling an injustice about it as they could with him winning. So, you know, you never know. That's true. In the worst case scenario, it would be orange, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> That's for sure. <laughs> Total meltdown, can you imagine. <laughs> Now, uh, we've seen, uh, <laughs> we seen uh, Jade Cargill versus Killing King. Uh, and obviously, she seems to have uh, now found that kind of an accomplice slash manager who I personally don't know who the hell it is. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if you guys can enlighten us to who this guy is, but I was kind of gutted when we seen the wee promo with Matt Hardy. Kind of had my hopes up thinking she's going to ditch this guy in Matt Hardy. She's going to go with Matt Hardy. That would be pretty good. Um, but unfortunately, that's not the case. But do any of you guys know who this guy is? I have no idea who he is, but he's obviously got the same the same hairdresser as, as Jade. He's the exact same colour of hair. I don't know if that's played a part in it. But no, I think that this was supposed to blindside us. You know, we were all, I had an awful lot of conjecture. We were all kind of guessing who it could possibly be. And it's been a real kind of sidewinder. And I quite like that's about AEW again. You know, you just, you don't know what's going to happen. Uh Again, whether she actually needs somebody or, or, or not, she's pretty dominant w- without anybody else. So I don't know if this dilutes uh, her aura or, or not. We'll, we'll wait and see what uh, see what happens. But she's definitely, or certainly, should be in contention for a you know a title match pretty soon. Definitely. What was your thoughts yourself, Michael, on the match? Uh, I it was. I mean, I've. I've Gonna be honest, I've not really seen much of the two of them, uh, but I think it did pretty well to show Cargill as a like a kind of dominant force. And I think it was also decent that they didn't put her up against somebody that was tiny. They put her up against like, she was uh, was it Killian King? Which she was uh, six one? Was it they said she was? No. So it was decent to see her like still being dominant against somebody of similar size to her. Obviously, she's. Bit like a brick shit house, so <laughs> she's she's going to fucking flatten her. But uh, I think like she didn't like all of us. Those wee stages that uh, that King came into it, but I think overall it did well. It just again prove how dominant Cargill is right now. I they seemed to like. Um, I don't know if you felt the same, but like when they were doing the whole kind of flexing their, their arm muscles, I mean King didn't exactly look like she was that much smaller in the, the arm department. To be fair, like they, they didn't. They don't seem. They don't appear. Well, obviously they're aside, but when she put them up, I was going to the same size of arms, so maybe they kind of found their match here. Um, it genuinely seemed like maybe she was going to have, have half a chance, but uh, more or less what it seemed to me, like it was kind of like a, a prolonged uh, kind of squash match, but maybe try to say that they're putting somebody stronger, but I don't know if that's going to hurt her if they keep on putting her in these kind of squash matches, if they're going to keep doing it and maybe it will show her weaknesses. But at the same time, I mean, that we kind of, like, I think people are calling it Beth Phoenix's Glam Slam, but her own version. I don't know. I thought that was quite good the way she used that to win. Um, but 
and then no way, no, no kind of two ways about it. It was, it was a squash match, but maybe just a, a slightly longer than normal one. Um, but I'm hoping that she gets some competition soon, surely. That's that's two people using the glam slam now, isn't it? Uh, thing with Frankie Mini used it on NXT, didn't you? Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. A little bit of Phoenix shine. <laughs> true, true. Just bring her back. Just get in. She can still do it. Exactly. <laughs> that's what happens when the WWE do something well and they had a cracking documentary eh, about Beth Phoenix on icons. Somebody like that should be inspiring the younger generation. You know, they, they do have some, some brilliant content on the, the network. And somebody like, like Beth Phoenix, who actually was fascinating to watch in the ring, should be shaping some of these younger superstars. Cargo's only just beginning, I think. This is, from what I, I can remember, I think I've only seen her maybe four or five times in the ring. And you're seeing more. You know, we we each match. This one was a, a wee bit longer, you know, which was was pretty decent. Uh, and and I think this was more like Shayna Baszler, you know, versus Rhea Ripley, rather than you know some unknown tiny, you know, bit of fodder for that they smash. It was a, a wee bit more credible. So I think that's adding, you know, as she's going and and hopefully making her look look, look more of a credible challenger. Aye. Uh, yeah. I hope so. I hope so as well. She's she she was good. It's kind of don't know about you guys as well. Did did they thought maybe cross your mind that maybe Big Shaq might come back as a manager? What we're talking, man's not hot, Big Shaq. <laughs> nah, no, I don't know. Of course, of course, the NBA legend, of course. But I um, I I don't know how that would go. With. <laughs> I, I think that'd be more uh, up a uh, go-go street. <laughs> I did look, look like that for a while, Lewis. You know, I thought that uh, when Shaq was involved uh, with, with Cody and, and then involved in a tag team match, it, it looked like they were going to pair him up. And then when Paul White signed, I thought, oh, great. You know, maybe we're going to see the match that uh, that we were promised that, that never came to fruition. But I don't know what's happening with Big Shaq. You know, we've heard nothing uh, from him since. Maybe they're holding it off. Maybe they've, they've kind of like put the idea in their heads, planted it there, and they're just going to remove it for now for a big event to try and ah. compete with WWE and just go, look, look what we've done that you decided not to do. <laughs> Bam. <laughs> I think, I think see, uh, with Paul White, I think I heard, it was either today or yesterday, uh, that it, the reason that he's not been in a match and he's been on dark is because that he never knew like the roster and he never like, knew how he would fit any storylines or how he would help talent, but apparently... This is like I'm, I never heard this, like me and the big show only mates. Like <laughs> I heard this from a, another podcast uh, that apparently is feeling like he's ready. Like he feels like he would know how he can help the talent now. So hopefully, uh, hopefully he could um, come back and help, like kind of some of the bigger guys. Because uh, I think maybe not even guys. Oh, and, and, and girls, I. You know, you're looking, you're looking at who might be able to beat Jade Cargo on uh, the female roster. There's no many of them, I think. Yeah, Big Show might be a good opener for, for her at a pay-per-view. <laughs> Imagine that, slamming him. <laughs> Hulk Hogan on Andre Giant. I swear to God, me and you. <laughs> 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 Wavelengths and all that, mate. <laughs> oh. Oh, honestly, that's that's an image that I'll never get in my head for the moment, that's for sure. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna be praying to God that happens during this this, this match. The irresistible force moving you will pull up. Jink, Jink, they do a ring break spot. Oh, 
<laughs> My God. I don't think their rings are quite built to say, imagine that would be something disastrous. Oh, <laughs> Splinters going into people's eyes in the crowd or something. <laughs> 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 right, so um, we'll move on to another wee promo. I think we've kind of touched upon it for a wee while. We thought maybe Snake, our man Snake, Jake the Snake, we thought uh, he deserved a bit more uh, mic time. And he's getting a wee bit more here as, as we've went on over the past couple of weeks. Obviously, we've seen him come out the other week there and had a wee kind of exchange with me, 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 Miro, but obviously he had a wee bit of a, a, a kind of an intro this time, uh, only to be interrupted by Archer, but what did you make of the, the promo itself? I was a bit disappointed in it. I've been dying for him to have more time on the, uh, you know, on the mic and, and a bit more camera time and, and be able to shape the way that Lance Archer's uh, career's going. But I'm, I'm not necessarily talking about old-style vignettes or, you know, the snake pit and stuff like that, but definitely creating some sort of mystique you know but some of the some of the exchanges here I don't know they were a bit lacklustre to me they, they didn't deliver and and we know that Jake's capable of delivering on the, the mic his introduction to AEW you know when he was calling out Cody and saying my dad taught me never to turn uh, my back on somebody I respect and then walking out the ring everything that he did deliver on his introduction was absent from this. I don't really know what this added at all. I thought that as well. I thought it was a bit disappointing that he kind of started off talking and then it just it was cut off. I, I kind of wanted it to keep going. Um, but I just thought maybe they've got their reasons. They're going to you know bring it on to something else afterwards. But I think the only thing I think I took away from the whole thing was genuinely the fact that Archer finally got let loose on um, Miro, obviously. But of course, they were going to do that, obviously, beforehand. Uh, they certainly left it to the last minute. Uh, but what did you make it yourself, Michael? Did you, did you take any positives from it? Like, did you take positives for the Archer, obviously going at Myro, or did you take any positives from the promo itself? Uh, it just, I, I'm the same as you. Like, I kind of feel like it's almost coming across that Lance Archer doesn't really need Jake Roberts, and that really hurts my heart, even though he roasted us. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> He roasted us better than he roasted, <laughs> he roasted me, though. <laughs> oh, but I, in terms of Archer coming down to the, the ring, yeah, well, when, when Roberts was like, sick him, <laughs> like a dog or something, uh, I was quite disappointed. Like, I know Archer needs to come across like he's strong and there's a possibility that he could beat Miro, but I just felt that. He made Miro look like a little bitch, and <laughs> that's not that's not what I want to see for Miro. He just absolutely wrecked uh, Darby Allen, and uh, who was it? It was fighting the night, or oh, no, the night <laughs> Friday night. Uh, was it Dante Martin? I I just absolutely floored him as well, uh, and then I mean I suppose it was it was just after a match, but it it didn't really expel much energy in that match and for Lance Archer just to come down and pick him up in a choke slam, he just gets out of it and then just big booted at the ring and Miro's flopping about like a wet fish. <laughs> uh, it, it, it hurt my heart to see him kind of made to look like a bitch like that, but I hope he gets his comeuppance on, uh, on the pay-per-view and Miro absolutely wrecks him. <laughs> I'm sure they will, considering he's, he's quite fresh to the title picture. Um, I, I don't see them doing uh, dropping the ball the way uh, WWE did on that for sure but I kind of I was quite surprised actually to see Archer picking up that choke slam he seemed to just do it with ease with absolute ease and I mean my, my was not exactly a, 
I, I, you know, like guys, he's quite heavy sales. I mean, I know we're talking about Jade picking up Big Show, but obviously we know she's probably capable of that and all. But it's um, the fact, you know, did you just don't think that? I think it was a height he got that more impressed me. I think it was just I was going fucking hell. He's not even shaking it in. Had him just like holding up. It was, it was like Michael Myers and a and Halloween. I mean, just the way he's just kind of holding him up against a wall. But there's no wall. He's just he's holding him up mid air. I'm like that's amazing. <laughs> I, I'm kind of looking forward to it. I'm hoping that maybe it's a bit better than the promo they're kind of pulled off. I, I liked the promo from the previous week. I liked the, the kind of back chat they were getting and stuff and getting a bit personal and stuff. Thought that was quite good. But it, it didn't seem to pick up the same kind of vibes. This one, it just seemed a bit kind of more slack in my eyes. A wee bit of casual racism for Jake Roberts as well. Just <laughs> try, try to speak Bulgarian, but just talking sheer gibberish. <laughs> It's probably not that, that, to be honest, I don't even know about getting mods. I couldn't even guess to, to, to anything they would have said there. So I was just like, oh, no. I mean, God, God help us if we were trying to translate Chinese or Japanese. I think that's probably even harder, to be honest. But <laughs> that's John Cena. <laughs> that's true. That, that's, that's scary. It really is. That guy knows that, honestly. It's like he's took a pill to just, you know, he just can just speak that way. I just I don't understand. Probably how that detriment these days. <laughs> Unreal how the guy's on the road that long he's managed to, to learn that. Do you know I mean it's like I don't know, honestly. Like, I, I still yeah. think that CM Punk managed to be more lethal, more honest, and more accurate speaking in English. Just put, <laughs> putting out there, Taiwan as a country. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I've seen his like I've seen his tweet. It was new bio, and then I clicked it. And, uh, is it Tibet or Taiwan, whatever it is, as a country? <laughs> and I, Jesus I was like, Christ, Michael. Eh? Jesus Christ. Go on, I don't go on, one territory that the Chinese are trying to claim to another one. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're going to have to apologise to the whole of Asia now. <laughs> I mean, I don't think I've got quite the star power as John Cena. I'm not going to let you. <laughs> no, you know of me. <laughs> at least people can see John Cena. You'll get better than it when you go for chicken ball. <laughs> yeah. so, I said there's a lot of that going on at the same time. I, I don't know if you guys are into like the Marvel or that. Mark, Mark Ruffalo get pulled up for something very similar, something that he said. Um, I don't know if it was along the same lines right enough, but a lot of that going on at the same time. Um, but You'd I, be a brave, a brave man to make Mark Ruffalo angry. I've seen what happens. <laughs> <laughs> I know that if he goes, he's either really angry or he, or he likes to pirate uh, sell Avengers films before they're actually. <laughs> oh, that was amazing! Oh, Mark Ruffalo is a fucking legend. Love him, love him. See, honestly, see if they see if they dare take him off the screen, I will, I will protest. <laughs> but, um, no, I think like uh, it was quite. It was interesting that that whole thing kicked off, or, or because of that. Do you know what I mean? Um, I bet you'll never do an interview like that again. That's for sure. Um, <laughs> Young Bucks joined in. Did you notice that as well? So CM Punk did, and I think it was followed by Young Bucks. They did the exact same. Um, <laughs> so I don't know if it's still the same, but their Twitter was certainly the same. I was just going, "What the fuck's going on here?" Because like, I seen that before. I seen what actually happened. Uh, I was going, it. "What's going on here?" <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, Punk can't he help but if, he, if he's got a, a chance to stick his boot into, you know, he'll do it. Oh, <laughs> no. sure. Quite right. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> quite right. <laughs> Champion of the underdog, that's, that's every bit who he is as a, as a person. You know? Voice of the voiceless. That's yeah. true. 
That's what WWE's missing it. It really is. But, um, He's no fear to a billion people. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so we'll move on from that kind of mix kind of, <laughs> of uh, good or bad. Um, <laughs> take it or leave it kind of promos and whatever. Uh, with the Dante Martin versus uh, Miro match, very much a squash match. Um, do you have anything to add on that sort of thing? Do you think that did do anything for, for Miro or did you just kind of cover it? I mean, just talking about, do you think really it's, it's it was a kind of non-addition to, to the feud? I thought, that, I thought it was really, really clever because they gave him the squash match where he looked powerful and then Lance Archer came in and, and and they made him look really good. So normally, you know, we've got it ingrained from, from watching other products that with Lance Archer looking so dominant there that actually it, maybe that's an indicator that, that Miro's going to win at the pay-per-view. But because they did both these guys a solid here, uh, obviously Donnie Martin, you know, was absolutely done in. And I think if you're... If you're him and you're looking at Darby Allen's career, you must be thinking, "Oh, why not me? Uh, you know, I'm I'm capable." But uh, I, these two guys both had the, the opportunity to look really powerful and really strong here, so it, it leads us again towards a, you know interest in the pay per view rather than oh, we already know what's going to happen. I'm no I'm no bothered about that. I, I think they did it really well. I'll be yourself, Michael. I think England got a spot on. The only, the only thing I would uh, add, and it's not even to do with the upcoming match, it's just I loved at the start of the match with the fans chatting, Miro's going to kill you, and just <laughs> just seeing them just, oh, I was in his element. It was just brilliant. <laughs> I loved it. I certainly know uh, I do safety, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I think um, we'll move on from from that, which I, put, I think potentially could be one of the, the, the kind of better matches, also, but we'll, we'll see if it lives up to the hype or not. Uh, before that, on way the, the celebration of uh, Hikaru, uh, Shida, um, we're presented... South Park, <laughs> 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 presented Again, for, for any of our Asian visitors listening in, that's the third country offended. We're really sorry. <laughs> <laughs> We love usually. <laughs> <laughs> so she's presented with a brand new belt. She's obviously held that belt for a year. Um, and then Shivani, dis- obviously, not only does he mouth people's promos word for word, uh, he also can't put people's belts on correctly. So referees have to take over. Um, what did you make of the kind of whole touch in that way? Obviously, DMD coming out, and obviously, she was touching upon the likes of like, uh, Austin 316 and stuff like that. Um, what did you make of the thing as a whole? On you go, Michael. Oh, no, I was just going to say, I thought it was like quite nice to see her getting that kind of pop for the fans, like of her getting the new title before Britt Baker takes it off her at the pay per view. (laughs) I think she's had a good run. I think you're right. Probably as Britt Baker's title. Uh, And and I think she's, she's deserved it. Obviously, we saw, which still hasn't been outdone uh, to me on any promotion, uh, our match against Thunder Rosa. And I think what it does when Britt Baker uh, wins a strap is it sets up an awful lot of exciting opportunities for people like Jade Cargo, you know, uh, people like Red Velvet, 
uh, and and hopefully uh, Thunder Rosa to to challenge her in matches that we all want to see. She's one of them that you you love her, but you know you you hate to love her. Uh, she plays the the part brilliantly well, and she's definitely one of the you know for me one of the the most interesting things that the the promotion's got to offer. I totally agree. I've not really got much much to add to that. To be honest, it's it's just going to be a an, an amazing feud. Uh, again, it's another another interesting wrestle that we're getting to see from another uh, another country, of course, and they're getting to see we're getting to see it in our, our American styled uh, wrestling, which is great. Um, so again, it adds to that kind of topic we're talking about the fact that we're getting to see wrestlers from all over the world perform on another brand, which is great. Um, but Obviously, I think she's permanently there, isn't she? Who? Uh, Karushida? Aye. I think so. So I don't, I don't think she's returning or anything. Because like, I know, obviously, Macchiato, unfortunately, she was uh, obviously a short term, which I was gutted about because I thought she was hilarious. Um, but I wasn't really sure on her, on her, obviously. I've not actually seen a great deal of her, to be fair. Um, but aye, I did. I think this match will be good. I think DMD is certainly going to she's going to take it surely but I was shocked to hear that she actually has never held that title I thought she would have held it by now No I think she was injured uh, for uh, for such a long time that, that she wasn't able to, to compete she did look like uh, she was in a title picture uh, you know maybe a, a year uh, 14 months ago uh, a bad injury put her out so I think this is her just gaining that lost momentum now Right See uh, see, Brett Baker is she she still does her dentist work like as well as doing this, doesn't she? Well, she's a qualified dentist. Uh, I, I'm not sure if if she's still practicing just now. Because I I was listening to a bit. I never I was listening to uh, Bailey Blarry Kane Python Blarry Royce on uh, <laughs> Bust, Busted Open Radio, and uh, Britt Baker was on after it. And I think she, I'm, I'm not 100 percent on this, but I think she said something about like she was going to. Her, or dental practice or something like that to go to workers and I was like surely no like surely you can't be a full-time professional wrestler and still a, a dentist but if she is I mean fair fucking play <laughs> maybe that's what's paying me uh, what's uh, paying for Adam Cole's uh, his, his streaming service <laughs> <laughs> I also think after a stadium stampede match she might have a lot of work coming her <laughs> certainly <laughs> The old, uh, old fat Shusha gear, I call. Oh, my <laughs> <laughs> help Cesaro. See if you can that one gum shield. Oh, that's unreal. So, uh, we'll move on to the, the Dark Order versus Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page. Um, I think we kind of briefly spoke about that at the, the start before we came on. Um, but obviously, the two guys from Dark Arthur certainly uh, impresses. It's, it's certainly uh, two guys that are quite fresh to me, um, and I was quite impressed with them. Um, Evo Ono and um, Stu Grayson were, were fantastic. I know, Michael, you compared Stu Grayson to your man, um, Sami Zayn. Um, <laughs> so we'll start with yourself. What do, you, what do you think of that yourself, mate, with that match? Was, were you quite impressed with the match as, as a whole? Were you, did you expect uh, these guys to have half a chance against these two, considering they're, they're quite strong? I had honestly no idea what to expect for this match. I really thought, but to, to be honest, the one we thought that I would have had was the Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page obviously going into this match 
uh, against Darby Allen and Sting that they would have probably just ran over uh, Evil Uno and uh, Stu Grayson, but no, that was like the opposite almost. Uh, Stu Grayson, when he got tagged in at the start, I thought just it was brilliant, like just took everybody by surprise when he just uh, jumped over the turnbuckle and uh, DDT'd Sky right on the apron. I just, it was brilliant way to just kick off and I was just tuned in right away. I was like, fuck, where's this going to go? Uh, <laughs> And it really, honestly, didn't disappoint. And that's just, it's amazing. It's just so nice to watch good tag teams wrestle. Do you know, that? it's it's such a joy to see like cohesive double team moves and like people with good chemistry. <laughs> they know what they're doing and can tell a good like tag team story in the ring with like, and they were given a great amount of time as well and I just I honestly cannot fault this match and I would I'd probably watch it again and if you haven't watched it I would highly recommend it It'd probably match of the night for me to be honest it was brilliant absolutely what about yourself mate uh, Michael stashed you <laughs> uh, what about yourself Liam uh, were you quite impressed with it, the ending as well with the whole kind of many faces of Sting uh, making their way to the ring to a bit of trickery to uh, throw them off their game and put, them, put uh, Alan Sting on the front foot I loved it. I loved everything about the the match. Unbelievable. There's none of these four that wouldn't make a brilliant singles competitor. So it's no that they're putting together guys that you know that aren't good enough to be singles competitors uh, to be these tag teams. You know that the four guys in there are quality and absolutely unbelievable moves. Probably the best Hurricane Ran I've seen for years. Uh, you know, it was just a, a brilliant match. And to me, again, we would have we said this last week but there was a, a lot of good matches on the card last week and I think this week we were treated to the, to the same again this didn't disappoint and the ending was brilliant I thought it was really unpredictable that even if you thought you know Sting was going to be one of those guys they didn't wait until it was the last one you know there was five or six of them ass guys and after two it was the real Sting that took me by surprise you know I didn't expect it to be Sting and even if I did have an inkling that it might have been, I wouldn't have expected it to be the third while there's still more mass guys, you know, outside the ring. So I thought everything about this was was done really, really well. It was. Uh, there was a guy, I don't know if you've noticed the one, it was like kind of, it looked to me like it was quite grey hair, but it was like identical hair. <laughs> I was just going, what the fuck? It's like, how have they done that? So had, the, had the building and everything I was like that, that's crazy <laughs> I, I was hoping I was hoping that was Eric Bischoff the one that took the proper one <laughs> I was I was having a look at them just like because I had a feeling that one of them would have been Sting just to try and see who the the most built would have been because obviously the other ones were just getting flung a bit but they, <laughs> they were actually pretty fucking jacked <laughs> yeah definitely and then the two, the two on the outside were like the the crow version of this thing, or one of them, one of them was anyway, uh, with the, the longer hair, um, before he started balding. But uh, <laughs> he's oh. trying. Oh, <laughs> no, no offense to yourself, I, mate. I'll let just... listen to Michael call, mate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good one. Um, speaking of uh, absolutely amazing promos, I've been uh, absolutely spoiled to bits with these over the past couple of weeks. Uh, the Inner Circle celebration. It uh, started with um, Sammy Guevara uh, on the stage with his, uh, his kind of cards or his posters. Um, and I, I don't know why. I, I, 
it's it's the most simple thing, but it's very uh, it's very entertaining. <laughs> Just, um, but this week, uh, I found myself in tears. Um, at this one, I don't know if he's paid attention to anybody behind him. No. Um, oh. But there was a guy in the blue shirt who uh-huh. was uh, jumping about like a <laughs> an excited puppy. Mm. Uh, <laughs> I, I actually could so, not concentrate on anything that Sammy Guevara's poster said. Can you that? I don't think I read one. I, I, I actually felt so fucking bad for the guy. Like, cause it was, <laughs> he was so disappointed. It was, it was literally every single other person was getting one and he was so desperate. Like, there was a guy that literally just picked it, picked one that like, was next to him and just put it in a pile of ones that he already had. <laughs> and that guy was so desperate for one and he never got one. And I was fucking heartbroken for him. I really was. <laughs> I think he got one, right? But this is the worst. It's the fact that while he was jumping about and he was kind of like, oh, give me one, give one. He did take one, but he passed it to the woman that he was actually simultaneously dancing about in front of you, who I think was in a wheelchair or a scooter who couldn't see Sammy Kevera because he was in the way jumping about <laughs> so I was I was in absolute tears I was going <laughs> don't know who I feel more sorry for the guy who's not get the poster oh. or the woman who can't see <laughs> oh she'll see it in telly <laughs> <laughs> but his face was a picture it was an absolute picture um, oh. his, wee, his wee Kodak camera or whatever it was he had <laughs> I, I was honest, honest to god I was heartbroken for him <laughs> It's actually one of the funniest things I've ever seen. <laughs> it really is. At least no, you scripted this. I lost it. <laughs> it really is. Like, see, um, the, see the end when he was holding the last poster. I was just like, <laughs> he was holding it for so, gave him it. <laughs> I, he was holding it for so long. I was like, that gave me the, that gave me the, like, come on. <laughs> You're going to be in Twitter and going, did, did that guy ever get that poster? <laughs> Please somebody let me know. <laughs> I'll be fucking tweeting Sammy Guevara. Just flat. get that boy a fucking poster, you dick. <laughs> It's like he was ignoring him at one point, honestly. Oh. The Sorry, camera... man in the blue shirt, if you listen. Sorry. The camera even panned up and like, just miss out the poster completely and just zoom into Sammy's face just so you couldn't see him anymore. Oh, honestly. It's amazing. Oh. You wouldn't get that kind of shit in WWE, would you? Oh. I mean, no anymore that CM Punk punched a fan in the fucking face. Yeah, well. I did see one of Roman Reigns I think he was hitting somebody's head off of the barrier and he, kind of <laughs> up, he went up, up to the woman and she was like are you okay and then he kind of just went like eh, whatever <laughs> he just continued <laughs> oh. to be fair it's no worse than, than what we saw at the Brayhead Arena eh, Michael where they were firing t-shirts at a, a bazookas and some wee lassie eh, with Down Syndrome who was that ring side <laughs> fucked in the forehead oh my god oh <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that was... Matt Harden nearly broke my wrist at a house show once. Aye. <laughs> I, I, I had my hand out for a high five and he was like celebrating to the crowd and he was backing up and obviously never fucking saw my hand, was it? And literally just his full weight backed into my stretched out hand. Mind it's because he can only turn in like squares, he can't turn any other way because of his hips. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's funny that you're talking about that story conveniently uh, Matt Hardy reference related deleting the fact that you shot yourself with the spirit squad at the same <laughs> event that's because I was I was shouting some not so savoury not so P- uh, PC things at them <laughs> one of them told me to sit down and shut the fuck up <laughs> and my arse collapsed <laughs> Was it Dolph? Okay. I think for a 21-year-old yeah, Dolph Ziggler. <laughs> I think it was Johnny, whoever the fuck that turned out to be. Oh, that's oh. right, man. That's right. 
That's spectacular. <laughs> you get that put up on the website, mate. <laughs> your, your first blog. <laughs> Bad experience with WWE. <laughs> Matt, Matt Hardy owes me money. <laughs> the time I shot it for male cheerleaders. <laughs> <laughs> just add it all together and just say it happened all at one time and they're just... Just throw something into a court case. I mean. that, that, that could be a good uh, clickbait thumbnail for YouTube. An aspiring podcaster, emotionally tormented by male cheerleaders. <laughs> Sponsors for five dollars a month. <laughs> I've got a GoFundMe. <laughs> oh, that's unreal. Honestly, I'm sorry, I'm over. Forget me. <laughs> Uh, it's not one I would have. It's not one I would expect. Injury when I was like, "Oh my god, that's <laughs> awful!" And then, and, uh, and uh, I certainly didn't expect, <laughs> expect uh, the male cheerleaders. I, I was thinking about that. I wouldn't lie. <laughs> yeah, if Liam was present, I'm sure he's going to be honest. He's going to. He's going to let us know. <laughs> um, so we'll go for the holidays. Give in a moment with the with the desperate, excited man jumping for his posters to uh, obviously what. Obviously, they're trying to spin as um, the possibility of doing their circle. Um, I don't know if it's just me being in denial, um, but they're trying to obviously play the emotional card of, uh, you know, if we never fight in the ring together again, I love you. And then, of course, MGF uh, sets the trap with Dean Malenko tied up um, and obviously chaos and sooms. Uh, this got me totally pumped um, for this match. This is uh, something, this is the match I'm looking for most forward to the night. Um, by a, a country mile, um, but what did you just make of this? Uh, but look at the whole emotional side to the the trap that MGF uh, set. Do you think Jericho should have fell for it, or do you think he should have been smart? Uh, to to me, it, what a turnaround, you know, because in a circle. Uh, when this promotion started, were the most malevolent, badass motherfuckers, you know, and, and Chris Jericho was leading them through all sorts of a, a carnage. So you know, to expect us to believe that. All of a sudden, they're no triple wide to what the pinnacle might be, you know, might be up to. When actually, the inner circle were the ones that, you know, were, were bringing MGF through, you know, that that journey. So to to be outplayed, you know, by a, a, the student here. I know it's a, it's an age old story, but it's Chris Jericho we're talking about. How are they getting blindsided like this? Obviously, you know the reason why. You know it's to to try and sell you in a circle more heavily as the as the baby faces here, but still really really excited, really looking forward to the to the stampede. But hard to suspend your disbelief, you know, when you think about the the players that are involved. Absolutely, um, and for what I think me Michael have now learned about the stampede match, um, we're in for an absolute bloody treat. Um, especially with everybody involved, obviously it's different people last time, I suppose, but um, it'll be equally as funny by the, by the looks of it, as well as epic. Um, so who who are we calling it, Michael? Are we calling it uh, in a circle oh. victory or a pineapple defeat? <laughs> oh God, I've honestly not got a clue. Like they played it on the show as if this was their kind of final goodbye, but it's just. It's so hard to think that they would they would split them up. Like, and I, I think I'm, <laughs> I'm the same as you. I think I might just be in denial. <laughs> I don't I don't want it to happen. <laughs> uh, you don't also want to predict the case you jinx it. <laughs> I 
med det.
I would like to see them take the belts. Uh, and and that, I've only changed my mind in in the last ten days, so you know they've they've done some job on me. <laughs> they're, they're really working. I can't get enough of these two guys. Uh, Eddie Kingston, I couldn't have been less interested in uh, when he first started uh, coming to prominence in uh, the promotion. So they two together, they've got chemistry. They spark off each other. They're really really funny. Give me some more of that. Absolutely, no, I love them. No, I think they're just pretty cool. They remind you kind of like a attitude, there, that kind of style thing with the, just the, the absolute carnage, wrecking everything in their, their path. <laughs> yeah, and honestly, that last week with the shoes and the socks were just was icing on the cake. <laughs> <laughs> Especially if they were non-branded ones and Kingston's pure take the socks. Just going, I'm just taking them anyway. But <laughs> 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 no, I, I hope these guys win it, but. I just got a feeling that young bucks are going to just find a way with their aerosol cans or something. Just going to find a way, or the hot dog and sunglasses is going to come out and get involved. Um, who knows? Fly away in their magic carpet with <laughs> their dancing headdresses. That's <laughs> <laughs> an unbelievable dress sense, isn't it? We talk, we talk about separate ones, but these guys, oh god. <laughs> it's like a failed, uh, failed uh, Elvis tribute. That's what it looks like sometimes. <laughs> No, that that was one of the Lumberjacks and fucking backlash. <laughs> <laughs> now another match we've got is um, they've obviously not really. To- I don't think they really hyped up at all in that match, uh, that show unless I missed it. Uh, but it was the Casino Battle Royale, um, and obviously they've got fucking everybody. So I'm not going to list it. Um, but I'm assuming they've got a uh, TBA because there's a possibility maybe of more than one, or unless unless it's going to just be a singular uh, person that we don't know about. Um, but from who we do know, uh, who would you say, who would you maybe call? I can obviously tell you if he's what I don't mind him. I'm so joking. <laughs> <laughs> if he's if he's not who's in it or not, I could probably see Christian Cage winning it. Aye, aye. Or well, there's I've said, I've heard rumours also that there's, uh, I think there's, a, a possible returns or not returns, sorry, uh, debuts, um, and there's. Two in particular, one's more likely than the other, I feel. Uh, one's Andrade. Oh, that would be good. That could uh, debut in AEW. And the other one, which I don't feel like is going to happen, but it would be fucking mental if it did, is Daniel Bryan. Aye, that would be. That would be insane. I, I think that would just be... I mean, the fucking roof would come off the place, I think, if Aye. and the internet would just break. <laughs> well, the thing is, it's like, I don't know if you've seen the trailer, there was a trailer for um, Impact or something, and they were mm-hmm. teasing all these people like Samoa Joe, and they also said that there was a guy, it was a guy on YouTube, and he was pure analysing it, and, they, and it was, they put up a yes, but it was the, oh, the, exact, the exact font and all that, and I'm like, but then again, it still doesn't take him out of this, considering they've got a partnership with Impact, so yeah. You know, still a bit of possibility, do you know what I mean? Um, I don't know, what about, what about yourself, Liam, have you got anybody in mind? Or anybody yeah, you just so, want to win? That's somebody that you were talking about earlier that, that, that you guys were saying was, was ready for a turn. That, that, uh, it's a battle royal. What, what a great way to debut, the, you know, uh, Paul White. Oh, that's a good It'd be fantastic to, to see the big man explode onto the scene for his competitive debut in, in a match that actually it, it would be fair enough for him to win. Aye, I would. I would take see if it was a a non-announced. I would take any of the ones you guys have mentioned. But uh, for announced for me, um, it would have to be Penta. I love Penta. I think he's bright. <laughs> yeah, don't see it happen. I think it's more likely to be like a Christian Cage or a Sido if it's um, 
for it's anybody that's announced, but you never know. But um, I, that's quite exciting. I didn't really. I actually completely forgot that was a thing. Considering that I was just telling you, I watched the, the, the thing that came on straight after. Um, that thing I didn't realise it was just going to be a, an occurrence all the time. I suppose it's because it's no colder. Um, that's the pay per view <laughs> name or anything. I mean, just it seems to be a match has been thrown in there. <laughs> but, yeah, I'll take it. I think Seidel's a really good shout, Lewis. You know, see, see when you said that, actually, I hadn't thought about him. But that might then make some sense. Uh, He's random insertion into a Christian Cage match, you know, the other week. <laughs> you know, why he was getting, you know, kind of promoted and that seemed to come out of nowhere. But that's a good shout. He, he's definitely a contender. Do you, do you know what's happened with his, uh, his brother? Is he injured or is he just, are they just put him to the side thing now because they maybe try to push him for the singles? I, I've only seen him once or twice anyway. I don't really know what, uh, what they're doing with him. Aye, because I know AW do things differently, don't they? So I suppose. They could just temporarily put somebody that don't have to be injured, but I'm just talking in WWE sense. I mean, usually <laughs> they, they like to push somebody singles if, if, if the guy's injured or something. You know what I mean, but aye, I don't know. I'd, I'd take that. WWE sure. split up tag teams? Never, no. never, never. Don't talk shit. Apparently, we've got a pre show as well, and it's uh, Serena Deep versus uh, Ryo. Uh, I've seen obviously Deeb I've spoke about her already um, she's quite impressive do you guys see her losing her belt so soon I hope so <laughs> <laughs> fuck you Deeb <laughs> <laughs> I'd just, just like to see that I don't think there's a, a title other than Miro's that I don't want to see change hands you know that I'd like to see a big shake up uh, and them do a, a proper hard reboot there's two promotions coming up. Let's do, you know, here, but but uh, WWE failed to do at WrestleMania. Let's give us a proper kickstart, you know, and a whole load of new programs and, and keep it interesting. Aye, that would be that would be interesting certainly. But see, speaking of Serena, well, just put me in the uh, mind for uh, what we were talking about the previous match. Um, but it's, it's again, it's a, it's, a, it's a long shot. It's never going to happen. That'd also be punk. But um, I just I don't see him. I don't, I don't know. I don't know if I see a space in the AW firm or not. I don't know if it's his forte. As he says himself, he's, he seems to be done with wrestling uh, in the sense that actually... He, he says he doesn't fit the mould anymore. Like, he thinks he doesn't even fit in anywhere. Um, but I don't know about you. I beg to differ. I think he'd be great. I mean, I don't think there'd be wrestling rumours if... Uh, about somebody either returning or debuting if old, old Phil Brooks named any pop-up. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I think that's why he's just never came back because he's just loving it. I know. <laughs> so he finds it, he finds a way just to comment on something that's trending on Twitter and just fucking start them all in again. <laughs> ICW can't even do an event at the garage with an unannounced opponent without people shouting that it might be TM Punk. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would be epic it was, I imagine. <laughs> Cheap, cheaper tickets and you get to see that. I mean. <laughs> Gutted if you missed that. Oh, unreal. So I think that's us really for, for our uh, AEW. Um, we've got an hour and 10 minutes or something before that starts, so we'll need to swing through the old uh, smack of the down. <laughs> um, but uh, AEW, let's face it, it's going to be an absolute epic um, pay-per-view, that's for sure. Um, I don't think there's any match that we've spoken about there that we're not really looking forward to. So, um, i tell you what, Lewis, AEW was that good that we've spent as much time talking about it there as the actual event itself. Exactly. No. That's, that's testament to that, isn't it? it that's really is. a good idea. 
Say hello, we'll be spending with SmackDown. <laughs> we'll say that's good. Oh, 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 oh. Better respect. Uh, better respect on the blue brand's name here. True, true, uh, true. Fuck Raw, but SmackDown's alright. Uh, it's days away, mate. You know what I mean? Um, do I put any thoughts in your head, Greg? Um, <laughs> he's already thinking about the excuse for the next one. I'm kidding, I'm kidding on. I'm kidding on, mate. <laughs> he gets it hard. He really does. <laughs> So um, we'll move on to the old SmackDown, um, and it just kicked off with uh, the Usos uh, getting pumped up for their, their tag match. Uh, Roman obviously playing a two-sided um, character in this, or two-faced character throughout the whole show. Um, where obviously one of them is kind of saying he's proud, he's happy for them, and then obviously the, the other is kind of going, "You like your brother getting ahead." That was the kind of th- the general theme I think throughout the night. Um, so so saving is repeating it throughout the. All the matches and whatnot, because <laughs> um, we've seen a lot of segments with it. So, um, obviously, it was advertised Street Profits versus Usos. Um, I don't know about you guys, but I thought the Profits promo was fantastic just to be they've been imitating Usos. Um, and then obviously, when Usos came out, it, was, it didn't exactly dip in entertainment factor, it was just as, as good when they came out. I, 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 was, I was so excited for this match, and I, I said to you last week that. I think we're being optimistic that the, the Tribal Chief is going to let this match go ahead, but thankfully he did. Uh, and thank you, Tribal Chief. Because <laughs> uh, this, this match was fucking amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Again, hating folk we can Fuck me. No, I'm trying. Uh, <laughs> uh, I just... I, I, as I said, I was worried that this match wasn't going to go ahead, although there'd be sh- some shenanigans where... Jay would be like, nah, I'm not going to come out with you. But the match went ahead and, oh my God, it was everything that I wanted it to be. And I would not be, like, I know WWE absolutely fucking rinses the rematches. I would not mind with this one, to be honest. <laughs> it was just, it was brilliant. What was your thoughts on yourself, Liam? Were you, were you quite uh, buzzing with the whole kind of hype behind it and do you think it lived up to the expectation? I could have, I could have watched this match without any of the hype, but I don't actually think it needed it. I think the, both of these tag teams are, are sensational. Absolutely love watching them in the ring, and I think they can tell enough of a story, you know, within the, the square circle. The, the other stuff is just an addition to it. I, I don't think it, it really adds any value, because I think the thing that excited us most uh, when a match got going was what the guys were able to pull off. I think the Street Profits looked unbelievable. Uh, it started uh, really well, obviously because of the you know the storyline you'd expect in you to to pick up the win. But uh, I, I thought the Street Profits done them you know done themselves proud. I'm the same as Michael. I could watch this another uh, two or three times because I think the four guys in the ring are creative enough to give us a different match. You, you know each time that you put them together. So no, I thought this was, I thought it was done really well. I don't think any of the outside stuff diluted anything, uh, and I, I thought, you know, I had absolutely brilliant opener for SmackDown. Was, um, and we've obviously not seen the shows as a tag team for quite a while, so I suppose it kind of makes you almost forget them for for a while. Um, takes them off your mind. Obviously, we've been talking about tag teams for a while and how we need the real teams back and mm-hmm. no uh, mixed match people put together um, but I, I thought I myself as well I thought it was I thought it was fantastic I love the profits but I've also loved the shows for all the time I thought they were brilliant and uh, I was interested to see how this would go obviously they're still developing and that's one thing I think we've got to take our hats off to 
as um, between Ron SmackDown anyway, that's for sure. Um, that this is a storyline that's got many stems, you know, different roots with different kind of kind of rivalries coming off it, whether it be Seth Rollins, Cesaro, you know, your Daniel Bryan's, and obviously now the Usos as well included. And it's one they're nailing. They're not dropping anything as such. They're only dropping when necessary. Obviously, we know Daniel Bryan's well, out of the picture at the moment. But you've got people like uh, Cesaro, obviously, and Cesaro, that, uh, Cesaro, Cesaro, Cesaro and Seth Rollins, just because the season is. <laughs> it's so good they named them twice, mate. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> <laughs> so you've got the two, obviously, that feud getting involved in this, obviously, with obviously dropping the week and uh, plant uh, the seed in our minds for uh, obviously a, a potential uh, feud down the line. Maybe if uh, Seth sorts his head out and his suits, uh, maybe, uh, maybe he'll have a wee f- uh, feud with Roman, uh, that's what I'm hoping for. But um, I, I'm enjoying every kind of every stem that has come off it. There's not been one part that I've not enjoyed. I don't know if you guys would differ. If there's anything you've kind of not enjoyed, but I, I just thought I for, for the get go it's been brilliant, and you never know obviously how this is going to go. Before. I know you're saying Michael I the Tribal Chief has allowed this match to go ahead, but it, it looks like he's coming up with some plan. I don't know what it is, but he's, he's coming up with something. I think um, uh, I think we should shout out that uh, Roman Reigns was actually allowed to watch TV like a normal fucking human being, as opposed to <laughs> watching it for for the side angle that every other poor bastard has to watch it for. That was an touch. I just I just think to find it weird as well, just the way Heyman just kind of peers over him. I know, just <laughs> just staring at him, <laughs> like watching every facial expression he's pulling or something. <laughs> See, I just, I just had a wee look through my notes there, and I'd, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention uh, Montez Ford in this match, like just yeah. alone in this match. Like the match itself was great, and both teams were brilliant. But I think Montez Ford stole the show. Like just his face that he was <laughs> pulling uh, when he was locked up in that hold. That like there's, <laughs> I was looking through Twitter throughout the match, and just everybody had fucking screenshotted it and just filed it up. <laughs> uh, just mocking them, going, ooh, souls, like constantly. Uh, the fucking flip that he done over oh. the post to take it, uh, Jay. Uh, and I think Pat McAfee said it best. If the fans were there, they'd have been chanting, holy bad word. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Did you, did you not think that Dawkins looked in fantastic shape as well? He looks like he's kind of lost a bit of the, the, old, uh, the beef. He's, he's certainly kind of toning up a bit by the looks of it. Yeah, I did. did, did devoted uh, guys look great. I actually stopped taking notes for this because there was so much about this that I liked. <laughs> that what I was writing was ended up almost like a you know play by play commentary. <laughs> and I, was, I, I, like. <laughs> I, I wasn't enjoying the match. I, I had to keep rewinding and and playing and rewinding and playing to catch all the stuff that I liked. That I ended up just giving up writing notes and, and sat back to to enjoy the match. It, it was unbelievable. Uh, and, and we're crying out, you know, for for content like this. So this was an, an absolute belter of a, an, an opener. And if all the tag team matches were like this in the, in the WWE, you know, we would be loving it. But sadly, as we'll come on to next, that's not the case. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, speaking of what we're coming on to next, <laughs> uh, Right squad versus Natalia and Tamina. Um, Natalia was isolated for a fair part of the match. Uh, but in order to get to a partner, she managed to pull off a wee fight back uh, to tag Tamina in. Uh, Tamina was then able to deliver a headbutt 
Grand Riot and put it away with the Super Fly Splash, which I noticed they, a lot of people have been mentioning. Um, so again, we kind of touched upon, we don't like to mention our father, of course, um, but sometimes I think they let that slip uh, a little bit. Um, so what did you make of the match? We'll go with you, Liam. It's, 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 your, it's your woman. So I'll let you, t- I'll let you take the floor, mate. On, honestly, I, I just thought it was a... a a waste of time. I thought it was a, a waste of opportunity. I, I don't really know what this was all about. You've got a legitimate tag team in the night squad. You know, oh, why would you do this to them? It doesn't make any sense. If they're going to get the opportunity, give them the, the opportunity. Solidify the division. Give it more credibility. Make these girls look stronger. They've been pushing uh, Ruby recently. Uh, th- th- this just didn't make any sense to me at, at all. It wasn't a particularly uh, good match either. There wasn't much to, to really enjoy. And actually, it was the same story as we've seen in, in most uh, uh, Hart and, and Tamina's matches. That Hart gets isolated. She needs to make the hot tag. Tamina comes in, does something solid for the for the win. We've seen this before. You know, the, these girls are capable of much, much more than this. Give them some, you know, something to play with. They're, they're creative, they're competent, they're technically able. So, so why not let them showcase their talents? And I don't think this week that, uh, that Tamina and Natalia needed to win. I think it would have, you know, made the division look an awful lot stronger. If the right squad were seen as genuine contenders, they don't have to take the belts off them, but at least give them the win, give them the opportunity, and then, you know, let Tamina uh, and Natalia cement their places as uh, the champions. This was just a, a so fought waste of time for everybody involved, I think. What do you think yourself, uh, Michael, on that, that side of things? Do you think that they, they could have played this? Differently, had somebody else in the match or something, uh, made a number one contender match instead. I I, I feel like as well it kind of it was weird that and I feel bad slagging SmackDown because I love it, but <laughs> I felt weird the fact that they had a an amazing tag match to start to then go into another tag match. It like it did then no favors whatsoever. Like, because how are you going to fo- like how in the earth are you going to follow? <laughs> the Usos versus the Street Profits in a tag match, like you just can't. <laughs> well, I mean, there's some people maybe in NXT or AEW that like could have a bash, but this match was definitely not the one to <laughs> to contend with it. Like the one positive thing that I would say was that it was nice to see the Riot Squad in a match against them and not fucking <laughs> uh, Nia yeah. Jackson, Shayna Baszler again. Uh, so it was nice to see that, and it was nice to see a genuine actual tag team. They had matching attires. They were doing like tag team moves together. All the stuff that I love in tag team wrestling. It just like that was only a wee bit at the start, and then obviously <laughs> they never really like that was the only wee bit of respect that they got. Like they never gave them their entrances. They never showed you the bit at the start when uh, they apparently attacked Tamina. Michael Cole had to tell us about it, and then when we panned to Tamina, she was watching the wee monitor under the ring <laughs> to, to know when she's to come up. Uh, but I am I'm much the same as Liam. Like, it, if they were going to have this match, either have it next week or have it later on in the card, and don't have it directly after a like a fucking barn burner like that, uh, and have it go a bit longer and actually put a bit of fucking credibility in these titles. Aye, no, I agree. Um, 
it would have been good to see that hell myself, but I don't know how they recover that um, from what they've what they've shown us there. But um, to touch upon what you say about like, the, the kind of that's actually something I noted in, in my notes. It was the the whole entrance thing that they're, they're good at that WWE cutting people's um, entrances, but I'm like I'm debating whether it's just something we're seeing on TV. Um, with maybe the fact that you know they've they've got their time limits and so on and so forth, and maybe they're, they're falling behind because of a certain match or something else, or they just feel that something else is actually going to need more time. And I'm wondering if that's why they cut the, the entrance, or if it's genuinely just because, coincidentally, that's that's when you have to take a break that that person's had their entrance cut because by the time you get to the ring, the adverts are over, um, or if it's just you know because we do see it in other matches where they wait until they're they're back before they announce the match of course so I, I'm kind of debating whether that is us just being harsh and, and it's just a schedule thing or if it is just genuinely they are cutting them for the fucking sake of it I mean I could understand it being a schedule thing if it wasn't for the fact that they had Dolph Ziggler and Bobby Roode cutting the exact same promos they have done for the past <laughs> god knows how long and mm-hmm. then as much as I love Ray and Dominic together and like they had that bit as well it just feels like this match doesn't need any more build. Like we've seen it a lot. Well, we've seen variations of this match a lot. We've literally just seen it at a pay per view. Uh, we're going into another rematch. It doesn't need any more fucking build. And I feel like if you take those two wee segments out, then it gives more time to like either people that need it that aren't on TV, like a wee fucking squash match or whatever, or somebody that can get a promo that hasn't had a promo in a while. Or, as I said, like somebody can get their entrance. <laughs> Aye, I totally agree. Yeah, especially the the match you pinpointed. Um, that was one that kind of disappointed me. But we'll, we'll go into that later on. Um, only slightly. Um, but as I said, we'll go into that afterwards. Um, but with uh, Bianca Belair versus Carmella, potentially a match that probably could have been in its place. Uh, that tag team match that maybe would have. No, seen an overshadowing as much because you might have had time to forget. Um, but before the match, we had Carmella basically conte- uh, continuing the, the narrative basically that Bailey's been going on about how Bianca cheated um, at Backlash or WrestleMania Backlash, as they call it now. Um, personally, I didn't think there was much in this, don't know about you guys, but it, it didn't really seem to do a great deal. Um, it just kind of all it does really provide that the fact there's probably going to be an, an inevitable kind of rematch down the line uh, one thing I will say is Carmella was decent during the match uh, don't know what you guys felt about it but that's that's really all I really took from this match to be honest I'm, I'm the same I love these two girls you know I think they're dead talented in ring performers and usually when they're involved in something meaningful you can invest in them you get right behind it they're capable of bringing you along on a, you know, a, a journey with them but this was just a, a, another so what non-event to, to me. I didn't see the purpose of it. I don't really know where it's going. Got to see Bailey again. That was good. But mm-hmm. but and again, it, it passed and I didn't really care about it. Be yourself, Michael. What did you kind of make it yourself? Uh, I'm like, the, Pat McAfee and Bailey pretty much stole the show for me in that, in that match, <laughs> to be honest. Like, the two of them just <laughs> ripping on Cole <laughs> and fucking Cole at the end of the match calling Bianca Belair Belanca oh. <laughs> and Bailey just absolutely ripping the shit out of him for it <laughs> uh, but I just like there's a match there that 
uh, if they were given, I, I, I don't know, if it was given a bit more time or if it was promoted a bit more. Like, I feel like if they promoted that match instead of promoting a fucking rematch of Dolph Ziggler and, but like, that match, uh, then, I don't know, I might have had a bit more investment in it, but it just felt like it was just just fired on. Like, who's not having a match? Oh, Bianca's not having a match. Oh, we'll fire on with Camilla. That'll be decent. To be honest, it was nice to see something that I've not seen before. Yeah. Uh, and it wasn't like, a rematch. I will say that. And... Uh, but that's probably the only positives that I can, <laughs> that I can come up with. Well, I think we were, we were, we were digging up SmackDown before we started this. We've already came up with some negatives. <laughs> Still better, um, though. I, I enjoyed being bored more on SmackDown than I enjoyed <laughs> being bored on Raw. Because <laughs> you know it's only two hours, no three. <laughs> and, and, I get listen, and I get to listen to Pat McAfee and my ears of for course. two hours. What I thought that was, I've got to say, like, I know you guys are, you, you, you Ryan and Greg are hot in the, the suits, um, <laughs> but I, I've got to say, Pat, Pat's top was class. He's a gorgeous <laughs> man. <laughs> I, I think what's interesting about what we're saying about SmackDown, though, is that actually we know that they're capable of more. We know that these that the in-ring talent's capable of more. And what I said about the tag match is similar to what we're saying about these two here as well, that actually... We wanted to see more from them. It's not that we're bored of them or that we're sick and tired of the same repetition. You know, that that's not the case. It's just that we think that they could have done better with what they have here. Right. Totally agree, yeah. Yes. Um, giving them credit with its due, whereas I think if this was uh, raw, we would uh, certainly not be giving them it. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder how long we're going to be talking about this for, for Ron, just using it as a total slander and uh, the, the low points of, of wrestling. <laughs> I wonder if it's ever going to change. <laughs> you know, it's, it's a fairly new phenomenon, though. It's so Raw can suck it up because for a long, long time, I much, much preferred Raw to SmackDown. In nah, fact, yeah. I stopped watching SmackDown for a, uh, for a while because it was tedious and directionless and going nowhere. Uh, so... No, let let them have their, their days in the sun while they're doing better. You know, they've earned it. Aye, I totally agree. I was the same. Um, Raw was always my favourite, and it's actually something I said today. I was just going, I used to watch Raw like live constantly, and like, SmackDown was always something you'd catch up on if you did watch it. But I like you say, it was um, it's, it's changed days, so I will see. Don't know I've, what's actually caused that. It's, it's quite weird. There's no real explanation. I've always been a SmackDown guy. The Undertaker was. Up. The SmackDown fucking daddy and the Undertaker's my guy, so that's <laughs> it. That's it. Stick with the Louis. I suppose um, you've got other people as well, you know, the Rock and stuff like that. And, nah, nah, um, fuck the Rock. The Undertaker's my guy. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> but, um, we move on to the, the absolute psychopath or whatever you want to call him. I, don't, I really don't know. Um, I, I know I do like Seth, but I'm starting to get a bit kind of bored in a way uh, like or the way he's going I don't really know where he's going it's like it's many different shades of crazy of uh, Seth Rollins and um, I read somewhere that it's apparently this cool character consistency although it's been accurate all the way through he's not dropped it um, obviously it's evolved it's been going on since uh, 2019 <laughs> I'm shocked of it um, <laughs> uh, it's, it's I started to go oh, maybe that's why Um I just want to see something definitive at the end of this. Like I personally preferred the the kind of storyline, the way the way he was the kind of arrogant guy uh, when he was with Triple H. Obviously, uh, obviously we can all 
relate to but going back to the shield and stuff like that but I just feel like it's like I don't really know exactly where they're going with this crazy side team it's like it's not even like the, the messiah anymore I don't know what it is uh, I can't even put my finger on it but um, it's starting to I'm starting to lose a bit of interest in it I don't know about you guys if you're the same or if you're still very much interested in it but the only thing that I'm, I'm, I'm clinging on to is maybe the possibility of slightly changing uh, being more focused and going for this uh, title uh, against Roman I think yeah, I, I'm still loving it. No, I I'd, I'd, I'd really look forward to, to seeing him, but I, I don't know if that might be nostalgia for me. I remember, you know, guys cutting about last like uh, Rick the Model Martel and uh, Sean Michaels when Sensational Sherry was his sidekick. You know, these egomaniacs who are almost cartoonish and their malevolence. And I, I quite like I, anybody who's walking about singing happy birthday to themselves <laughs> you know, with, with that kind of a swagger did to me. It, it's adding something uh, that, that we don't have. And I long for the the days of some of the attitude of, you know, like DX and, and, and people like that who just did, did not give us stuff. And, and Seth's given us a lot of that. How do you feel about it yourself, Michael? I, I'm sorry, I'm much, I'm much the same as Liam. I'm, I'm still loving Seth. Yeah, uh, he's just he's constant. Like from where he started, like I don't know what the what the story was, what happened with Murphy and the authors of Pain, and I don't even know where they are now. <laughs> I think they may have been released along with along with other people, but I could be wrong there. No, I get uh, it. But I don't know what happened with that, and then from I from taking it. That because that obviously might have had a direction like that he was obviously going to have his own wee stable and he would be the Monday Night Messiah and then he gets drafted to SmackDown <laughs> so he's no longer the Monday Night Messiah <laughs> uh, so he's kind of adapted it to being just a fucking head case that just wears mad mental suits and he's he's one this week was like a green purple feathered kaleidoscope it was beautiful uh, <laughs> but I think I think this week I kind of get what you're meaning. Like this week did feel a bit kind of strange, but I don't know if maybe, like, I, f- I had my suspicions that, Seth, uh, that Cesaro was genuinely injured, like, because obviously he had the, the sling on his arm uh, from the match with, with Roman. Uh, and then obviously Seth beating him down last week. I think that was just to kind of write him off TV, maybe. Uh, so I think they were maybe obviously they had plans to go somewhere with Cesaro, but if he's injured, they're kind of like, ah. <laughs> no, that's uh, true. Uh, but I, I don't know. Like, obviously, like, I think the best story on SmackDown, right? Uh, like the Roman Reigns and the Usos feud, I think, it's, uh, to be honest, it's my favourite story in all of wrestling. Uh, then I, I think all of them are just doing such a, a amazing job. So I think we'll see that through. And then I think as much as it pains me to say, because I want Big E, I can see uh, your idea, Lewis, uh, Seth the Chef becoming uh, Roman's next challenger, like coming towards SummerSlam. Right. It just makes me think, I, the only, as I said, the only reason I'm saying about the, the kind of losing interest is because I just don't know if that's, I don't know if he'll be going as the way he's acting now. To challenge Roman, I, I feel like they would, mm-hmm. they would have to then adapt to maybe maybe resort to being back to more kind of level headed before um, going for that title because I don't know how that would really pan out. Um, how how the character would be seen because um, I don't really know if you'd get a, a total 
kind of inkling into whether he's a heel or a, or a, or a face. You know, I, mean? I don't really know if there's a, an actual direction at the minute, other than you maybe go heel the now. But if you put him up against Roman, you're not going to see heel versus heel really. I mean, I don't, I don't I doubt it to be fair. Um, but then again, stranger things have happened, so they could. But um, I don't know. I, I think I think Seth Rollins will probably be a face eventually because I don't know if you've uh, ever listened. I think it was like when Roman first came back uh, as a heel, he did an interview. I can't remember who it was with, but he was saying like that he's always wanted to be a heel. And he was like he's obviously heard the booze and stuff like that when he was uh, a face in the night when he won the Royal Rumble in Philly. Uh, obviously, get fucking booed out the building. Uh, and he said that if he felt like the natural direction would have been that Seth would have been the face coming yeah. out of that, and Roman would have been the heel. Uh, and to be honest, I, I can really, I could love that. Like, I love Seth Rollins as a face. To be honest, I love him as a heel as well. I just love Seth Rollins. Uh, <laughs> but I think it'd be interesting to see how they spin it because he is obviously batshit crazy right now so, <laughs> so it'd be kind of interesting to see how he would come out of that like to be like to becoming a, a genuine like good guy content maybe he is still going to be batshit crazy but he's just going to be a good guy batshit crazy I remember <laughs> well, a, D- a Dean Ambrose version I yeah, suppose he was kind of like that um, I don't know I don't know if I'm just clinging on to the older characters he played I don't know if that's maybe what it is or if it is just genuinely just this week maybe it's just lost me a wee bit and maybe I'll, I'll pick up again but I will say this week it, it was quite interesting the way they went they went for the kind of um, joking and laughing to, to, to just being downright crazy kind of menacing <laughs> um, so it was it, it is interesting to, to see that how that he can play different versions of crazy uh, different different versions of a heel um, it's I, I've got to say that he's definitely pulling that off whereas obviously we know Roman can kind of be good at a baby face, but he's just the one type of baby face. And then when, when he's heel, he's certainly nailed this heel um, 100%. Um, I don't think anybody could have called it, though, to be fair. Definitely not a fucking nut. <laughs> um, so, I we'll see how it goes. But as I say, I'm not totally hating it. It's just, I just felt like that I, was, I lost a little bit of interest and I don't know why. I can't quite put my finger on it, but maybe. I'm just so hoping to see there's something at the end of it. Maybe that's all it is, really. Yeah. Maybe Seth's not actually playing a character. Maybe like just the fact that he's a new dad and sleepless nights. So maybe it's just gone fucking batshit crazy. <laughs> Could vouch for that. I'm kind of. You do go into as you do go into a zone where you just literally wake up and you just know you've, you've got to go down. Turn uh, and if you're lucky enough to to have the the, the machines to, to, to do the milk for for babies, you just you, you just get into the mode of what you're doing. Put a bottle out. Your eyes are closed and everything. You're just, you're just putting formulas in. You're just counting it, and you just know, you just know it's it's formula. It's nothing else. <laughs> that's, that's I think that, that's something we need to speak to Greg about. Greg thinks he's wearing brilliant suits. He's forgetting he's a new dad. It's, the prologue is covered in vomit. Fucking <laughs> 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 colourful, colourful personality spewing out his mouth. <laughs> CEO of fucking boohoo.com is fucking emailing Scotsland right now. <laughs> Tell me you send a discount and all that. I mean, the 40% discount that they always have on anyway. <laughs> Never seems to change. 
<laughs> if you want to, if you want to sponsor us, boohoo, feel free. <laughs> Absolutely, hundred <laughs> percent. Last time I've just spent a fortune in boohoo. My brother knows birthday, so I'm not slagging him. <laughs> Kick it something to your order. <laughs> <laughs> so um we'll go for one crazy guy to uh, a borderline crazy guy slash uh, just changing of accents guy. Um and Apollo Cruz <laughs> versus Kevin Owens. Um what did you make of this match? I thought it was quite a it was a wee bit of a disappointing ending because I felt that the two men are capable of a far better match. Um than that so I'm gonna leave it. So I'll leave you guys to Discussing what what you think? I think I think you you opened up there with what's been a, a consistent theme, you know, with this SmackDown, and that we could have had more delivered here, you know, that that never came our way. Uh, I, I thought a, a really good opener. I, I absolutely love Kevin Owens doing it. At the Cannonball. There's nothing more delightful uh, for me. Uh, my cat scratches the corner of my door to get out at four o'clock every morning and I'd love to perfect the cannonball to fucking shut her up every day. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the guy to, to me, the, the size and the, the shape of him, but how agile he is, how flexible he is, he's, he's fantastic. Uh, Cruz again, you know, and, and Ring look, looks pretty solid. Uh, the, the psychopaths on the, you know, just about the, the in-ring talent, the, the creative run about this guy. There's definitely somebody in, in need of some therapy here. Absolutely <laughs> I feel the same about Commander Aziz as I do about a go-go. Just fuck off. Off my bed. <laughs> out my house. You know, I haven't invited you guys into my eyeballs, but there's nothing I can do about it. <laughs> so, again, another uh, DQ. Uh, and, and I don't know I don't know what that's telling us. Is that telling us that we're supposed to believe that, uh, that Kevin Owens would, would be the natural winner here and it's leading us on, you know, to that as a, a, a genuine conclusion? Uh, because if that's not the, the natural end to, to this story, it's a shit one. What <laughs> <laughs> about yourself, Michael? What are you thinking, mate? Oh, God. I, I honestly feel that someday in the back beforehand just said uh, you've got two minutes see how much shit you can get in Kyle <laughs> because honestly god they just came out so fast and just like <laughs> just started rattling them uh, and like there was I mean the match didn't go long so there's not really a lot to talk about other than I don't know if, if you've ever seen Game of Thrones but uh, Kevin Owens fucking have you seen Game of Thrones? So this reference makes sense. <laughs> no, I've 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 not met. I've not. Right, Liam will get it then. Kevin Owens selling that fucking Nigerian nail like a King Joffrey when he get poisoned. <laughs> I, listen, I'm I'm not criticizing Kevin Owens for what he had to do in this match at all. And he did have to do. He did brilliantly. But oh, oh, what the fuck? No, what is going on here? To me, they could have done without this. And given that time, you know, spread out some of the other matches, uh, that this felt like wedging two guys that people want to see into the card, rather than rather than making that involvement worthwhile. Absolutely, yeah. I, I thought I thought that was quite um, the only actual thing I think I took for the fact is um, just the way that 
the night I don't know, it was like his reaction as you guys say. I know I've not seen Game of Thrones, but it was um <laughs> I'll send you the scene later. I do mean to, to end up watching it, but this isn't interested, so I was laughing enough. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm not going, I, we went through Breaking Bad, but we're late in that one, so it was like, it's, another, it's a big box set, so I'm like, I don't know if I've actually got enough time. It'll probably take me about 10 years to watch it, literally. <laughs> um, so... <laughs> I actually no, flew through it surprisingly. <laughs> never know. I might I might find a thing. You never know. <laughs> but, um, I was quite it was disappointing to see it ending disqualification, like you say, but I really don't understand the whole um why they chose that route other than maybe the fact that is there a chance maybe it's just a, a way to draw fan heat, maybe on, on Apollo Cruise, or like Liam says, I think maybe to, to put um KO in the title picture in, in your own mind to go as a as a serious contender then. Um, that's only two things I could really think of um, but I genuinely thought maybe it would be a better match but then again um, let's face it I'm probably trying to save something special um, some sort of new drum match or um, glockenspiel match or something that uh, hell in a cell I don't really know <laughs> <laughs> fucking glockenspiel just a random in. Just a, it was the first random in from you know what? You, you literally couldn't say anything or make anything worse up than the actual truth here so it, it wouldn't have mattered what you pulled out the bag there, Lewis. It would have still been better than what we're actually getting scared with. Such a funny word. As <laughs> uh, wonder, wonder what it originates from. <laughs> so, it's, not, I've never, it's never crossed my mind. To, 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 I think it originated. It was invented in, in Bremen in Germany in 1743. Uh, it's a German word, and what it actually means is better than anything that you fucking did with a drum. <laughs> I'll take that one. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> oh my god! See, just to to talk about Aziz for a, a wee sec. Like, see when you like. I mean, I am not fucking liking him at all. I'm I'm with you, Liam. Get him to fuck. But see when you look at him and you think he's pretty much to Apollo Crews what Omos is to AJ Styles. And I cannot believe what I'm about. Like, I'm gonna praise Raw over SmackDown here. But <laughs> the way that. Omos was built like around AJ, and I, I'm guessing AJ Styles must have had some say in it because it's fucking AJ Styles and he's brilliant. But uh, just to see how he, like, I never once fucking hated Omos. I always thought he looked sick, and now that they're tag team champions, I'm over the moon. But Aziz is just a big fucking pain in the ass. But I don't know if it's, a, it's just the fact that <laughs> they've booked him so poorly that he just keeps. Like causing distractions or no distractions, sorry, disqualifications or just being a general fucking nuisance. <laughs> and you're right. I thought the same about about Wardlow. I thought the way they handled Wardlow and uh, the lead up to them becoming the pinnacle well, it was really solid. Uh, it was a presence. Same we almost you wanted to see what what they were going to do. Uh, I was excited to see both of the guys in the ring. I just want this big guy to piss off. It's just an annoyance, and knowing the way you know that Sami Zayn or, or Orange Cassidy are an annoyance, they're an annoyance for you still. You know, want to see what they've got to offer. I'm just wanting this guy to disappear because he's irritating. Definitely, is. it's scary to think that both of these big men have actually came from the same place. Um, and Raw Underground. <laughs> oh Jesus! Um, but I, I had R- had. 
I don't know. What's that? I think it was a dream I once had. I'm not sure. <laughs> um, I just couldn't remember if I told you. Something. <laughs> no, I'm <laughs> <man, was> a... <laughs> Go underground is the same as a Glasgow underground. It just goes round and round and it's the same shit all the time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I had high hopes when I seen him in, on that. I, I, I just, like you said, um, Michael, I think you just nailed, nailed on the head, um, I don't did, understand. Did, did, did you just say hit the nail on the head? Okay, I know I did. <laughs> oh. oh, the puns. Oh, that's classless. <laughs> Fly out, I don't mean it. Nail on the head. <laughs> Fly out, I don't mean it. <laughs> genuinely, when I seen them there, though, I genuinely thought like they would have they would have booked them for a bit of that. I just, obviously, none of you have seen that coming the way they have booked them, but. Um, they certainly could have made this guy some sort of force, um, and he's—I thought he, he looks like he's probably get more ability about him than uh, almost at the minute. I'm not to say almost kind of learning whatever else, but I think this guy probably could have went on his own quite easily. Um, and certainly for what I've I, recently I've heard, kind of floating about the rumours. I don't know if it's true. I don't know if he's heard about it, but um, there's talk I, again. It's, it's pure rumour. I think I, I think it's bullshit to be honest, with you, but. They're talking about uh, potentially uh, Big Braun Strowman is, is, is got an injury that's uh, potentially career ending um, during, I don't know if it was one of his last matches on Raw, um, but uh, apparently that's the, the case. But I mean, if, if that's the case and, and you've got a big man to replace, I think if I had to pick uh, between the two um, from up Raw Underground, nothing we've seen uh, now. I would have went with uh, Dabo Kato, but obviously because he's done it to this guy, he certainly would probably almost 100% at the time. But um, <laughs> it also would kill the my, my, my dream of uh, three big men uh, colliding the ring. That would have been the, the, the three, uh, Braun Strowman almost, and uh, Dabo Kato, as Dabo Kato and no fucking job as he's. But um, <laughs> I, don't understand, I don't know. I don't understand why they're doing it. And I don't know if, if it's something they'll ever be able to shake for him or if he's just, that's him stuck for life. Uh, this is easy. <laughs> but um, no, I don't know. I'm, I'm not sure where come with that one. Um, but who who knows? Um, it'll be an interesting match. I think it sounds like it's going to be like a triple threat. I think. Um, uh, Kevin Owens, Biggie, um, uh, facing Apollo. Um, that's that's my kind of take on it. I don't know if you guys see that or if you think it's generally just going to be a one v one. I think. Uh... I reckon it'll probably just be a 1v1 because I think Biggie's probably going to go, which I was disappointed and then I heard why that it wasn't on the show with uh, Alistair Black. Uh, I mean, I heard why it's on the show, but whether you want to believe it or not is another matter. Like, apparently they they want they don't want to rush the storyline and they want to kind of let it develop and like kind of leave you wondering what's going to happen next, that kind of thing. Like rather than just rushing in it week after week, which if that's the case, fair play. But um, I'm skeptical. <laughs> <laughs> um, we've got uh, again along the same lines. The whole head of the table thing continues throughout the night. Uh, we're obviously we're hearing one side of a story uh, to one or so, and then obviously when he leaves the room, uh, it's obviously. A different story. Um, where do you guys actually see that going? Do you think Roman's got some sort of plan or he's going to somehow find a way to stop them going as a tag team? He obviously seems to be kind of portraying that he's he's threatened to the idea that if they win the tag champs, the, the, the titles are going to just obviously 
jump ship and no bother being with him anymore. That, that's what I'm hoping happens. You know, and uh, I'm hoping that he, that he does interfere and cause division between the two of them. And then it ends up, you know, one and so against the other. And we're all in uh, versus just uh, reigns to create, a, you know, a different dimension to the feud. I think it has to, it has to go somewhere meaningful and I'd quite like it to take that direction. Actually, I remember you mentioned that one. I, 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 I don't know if I said take that. I think that'd be an epic one for like SummerSlam or something, certainly. What about yourself, Michael? Are you kind of... Do you feel that it's it's going one way or another? You... Uh, I I mean I've I'm I'm willing to die in this hill that Roman Reigns and Jimmy Uso are going to have a fight in a hell in a cell. I'm willing to die in this hill because <laughs> <laughs> I just the reason I'm thinking it is because obviously it happened to Jimmy Uso last year, and I feel that the like they're all about tradition, aren't they? And I feel like that could be their like maybe Roman Reigns kind of rite of passage is unity get your fucking ass kicked by me in a, in a hell in a cell uh, to learn how to toe the line basically uh, I hope that's I really hope that's what happens <laughs> but I don't know if you I, I get the feeling that you like I got the feeling last week that you were one in the same boat as me but <laughs> I, I'm really in that camp because I feel like it'd be too early to go with Seth, and I think they're still going to plant seeds like the way they have done, like th- uh, over these past few weeks, that the two of them are like interacting with each other, but they're not actually fighting yet, or they're not like properly like at each other's throats yet, or anything like that. They're just like drip feeding it until a big payoff at either Money in the Bank or SummerSlam or something with fans. I, I think that would be that would be quite interesting. It'd be a good way to to, uh, to go. I don't care who battles Roman Reigns. You know, line up anyway. <laughs> I don't bow down to the tribal chief that used big bunch of shite bags. So, <laughs> whoever's going to leather them, you know, I'm I'm happy with that. People forget you're a tribal chief. You know, how many people are in a tribe? About twelve, fifteen. Kings rule countries. Kings. Uh, and, and that's how, in my eyes, Nakamura's a million times better than Roman Reigns. <laughs> nope. <laughs> <laughs> Just <a> no. <laughs> nope. I, I, I don't need. I don't need to say it. Not, you're fucking talking about the head of the table, and you need to show some fucking respect. <laughs> and, that, and that's the thing: the head of the table. And many people's in a family. Five. Sitting on a table eating a dinner, oh, big wow! You're in charge of five people. Um, Nakamura rightfully rightfully took the crown. Nakamura, rightful king. (laughs) Many people, kings are in charge of a lot more people than one guy sitting on a table demanding everybody bows down to the rock. When's the last time the queen tell you what to do? The queen, right? She's royalty, Um, aren't she? Oh, I thought you meant Elton John, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, I can see where like, you're coming from, Michael. I think with the with that like that storyline, like, almost repeat repeating the kind of storyline of, of past with the other brother, obviously I can I can see that like being a way to build it and 
just keep it going. Do you know what I mean? Like, put them through the same thing, but obviously maybe tweaking the storyline slightly. Obviously, we might be having them rebel, but um, maybe being successful in the, the rebellion side of things. But um, about like Liam says, I think at the same time, I don't think it really matters who it is, but I think okay. for, for now, I think it's, they're not quite going the, the um, Kenny Omega um, way the now, I think we try to make him that dominant, but equally, I think. I say for all those things, something we're just jumping to because we think you know he's such a big talent. Um, we think we're just going to the person we think is most likely to try and take the belt off him and genuinely has a chance. Um, but obviously, how well he's doing as a heel right now, and it would be kind of them shooting themselves in the foot, I think, to take the belt off him so soon. Um, but it's just it's a couple of names you can come up with. And, um, they're the names that you like, you know, your Seth Rollins and your Rocks and stuff like that that you think are de- definitely the ones to take it off. Him, but at the same time, could go, the, could, could go the polar opposite. Like you say, Piggy, <laughs> right? could, could still go the polar opposite and you could still, you could still beat them. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I, I would, as much as I'd love to see the Rock come back and, and take the belt off him, I've got a feeling that he would beat him. Um, just to get him over. I mean, surely, God, that would be the best way to get Roman over, obviously, because then he would always, um, he would always have that. To go on forward, uh, otherwise, if he gets beat off the rock, then he's always going to be below the rock, and obviously, the rock's not going to wrestle forever. So, you know, that's a way to elevate him, you know, higher up. I, I reckon that'd probably be a good way to go because I feel like the rock would obviously, I can't speak for Mr. Dwayne, but uh, I feel like. The, as I alluded to earlier, when Roman got booed out the building at the Royal Rumble in Philly, I feel like The Rock was put out there to maybe try and get him over, and it did not work. So, so I think, like as you were saying, like if Roman was to beat him uh, and just solidify him as the head of the table, then, uh, <laughs> then I, I, I think The Rock would feel like he was on that. Well, I don't think... Nah, I don't know. I don't know. I, I agree with what I just said there. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's tough. It is tough. Like, I don't know if he would feel like he owes him it, but I feel like maybe it feels bad that I, I kind of went out there to try and get him over, but it didn't work and he still get booed. And I don't know, maybe he feels some form of guilt for it. Because the Undertaker felt guilt like uh, for Roman, like with the, the match they had, because obviously he never... Performed to the best of his ability. Uh, yeah. Obviously, it wasn't a match. He was just coming out to raise his hand. But I don't know if maybe like there would be any thoughts of him like feeling guilty. I don't know. I don't know why he would feel guilty about that. Roman Reigns can't even perform to the best of doinks ability. <laughs> <laughs> I swear to God, I'm gonna get you in a fucking chokehold like Roman Reigns. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, 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 I didn't know the name yet. That's how I had to say that. <laughs> I'm ahead of the table, but I'm not allowed to talk for myself. Here's a microphone, Paul. <laughs> Fucking brilliant. That's <laughs> oh. respect. is unreal. Oh, bet, you'd shite it. bet you'd shite it if you fucking see them. <laughs> Roman Reigns? Right. Are you kidding? He's a Poundland Aquaman. <laughs> <laughs> oh fucking hell! Uh. <laughs> Unreal. Uh, so we'll move on to from the Roman Reigns talk in the head of the table. <laughs> Can't go over that one. <laughs> um, Shishuki Nakamura 
This is Chad Gable, but she obviously started with basically um, our main man, Otis, um, attacking him. Um, <laughs> but of course, we had the, the, the fantastic entrance provided by none other than Rick Boogs. <laughs> um, one thing we can say with uh, obviously the whole storyline going on here, it's been a good way to introduce this guy. Um, but what do you take for, for this match? The way obviously Otis get involved, do you see something developing here, like some sort of uh, potential tag team match, or if, you know, whether it's just a one week, one off week kind of match, or do you think it's going to be a thing going forward? I, I, I'm kind of, I don't, I don't know how I feel about this match at all because it wasn't a great match, and yet I loved every single thing about it. <laughs> and, you know, I, I loved uh, Rick, Rick Bergson involvement uh, for the start. Yeah, I quite liked his, you know. Uh, involvement at the end as, as well and, and Nakamura getting uh, the crown again. I love Dota's involvement and, and all that. I think there's some mileage in this. I'm, I'm hoping that although this wasn't the, the best match in, in the card by any stretch of the imagination, what I'm hoping this is is a taster of, of what's to come. So I'm hoping that there are some feuds that, that develop from from this and it gives some of these guys who maybe haven't had a narrative people like Otis haven't had much to do for a, a, a while. Even Nakamura, it's not really been involved in anything really meaningful. That's it. Longevity. He's been involved in some meaningful, you know, one-off matches, but nothing of, of any real substance. So, for everybody who was in, involved in this, I would quite like to see a, a you know, a lot more out of that. That uh, Corbin's been, uh, you know, on, on an upward trajectory, and I'd quite like to see him pull some of these guys, including Rick Boogs. I'm hoping we get to see a lot more of through uh, and into some sort of uh, decent material where we get to see the uh, the best of them all. I think that'd be fantastic. So it would. Um, I would certainly take a a tag match, but at the same time, I think um, the whole King Corbin thing and the crown. Uh, do you guys maybe get a, an inkling and they're trying to kind of maybe hint at maybe another King of the Ring uh, tournament on the horizon? I really hope so, and get. That king gimmick away to fuck for <laughs> Baron Corbin, like, and one thing I will say for Mister Corbin, and a massive shout out, and there needs to be more pro wrestlers like him. In that, he came down to that ring. His music didn't play. He came down. He, he wanted to get his crown. He got his crown, <laughs> and he just walked back up the ramp. He did not get involved in the match one single bit, and then Nakamura finished the match. Then Rick Boogs obviously attacked him, but it didn't affect the match whatsoever. And honest to God, I was so fucking happy <laughs> when I <laughs> just when I seen him just walking back up the ramp, and I was like, oh, he's not getting involved. He's not. Oh my God, <laughs> what, what am I watching? And that is uh, like, right, right there is why SmackDown is better than Raw. <laughs> That's but, a fair yeah. point, actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Everything about this was was done really, really well, uh, even though. There wasn't even really that much went on, you know. But after everything that, uh, that did go on was done really, really uh, well. The King of the Ring thing's a, a great shout. I would love for these four to be the last people in a tournament, and us all think that it's going to be, you know, Corbin retaining or Nakamura stealing it because the limelight's on that storyline. And then for the same, maybe think Otis is the underdog and Boogs to surprise everybody by taking it, and that be how his career kind of, you know, steps off. I would take that. I think that would be quite interesting. Um, 
I, quite, I, don't, I, I don't know about something about the character, even though we barely know anything about him. Um, it's just something about him that just kind of just you find so entertaining, and I think you have hopes of him just being a great wrestler as well at the same time. Um, but uh, the guitar playing was certainly uh, a plus point. Um, He's getting a lot of his own for his money. <laughs> well, you're 100% is. You blew him at the water, man. I think everybody completely forgot about him, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah. And I think that, that's the thing, that, is that Elias has been done such an injustice by being left to language. I hope they don't do that with this guy. I hope they give him something, you know, surprising and something good to let him, you know, proper kick off. See, uh, I mean, this is just an excuse to talk about Pat McAfee again. Uh, <laughs> like, I think he helps him as well like I mean Rick Boogs oh, is like clearly fucking good at what he does like he's fucking killing it on the guitar and all that sort of stuff he's clearly got the charisma but I think Pat McAfee just does such a good job of getting him over like just how much he, get, he gets into it like just punching fuck at a coal last week <laughs> uh, like filming him on his phone this week just going absolutely mental when he was coming out like ah oh, just Pat McAfee's just a national treasure <laughs> we should enjoy him the time we have him on in SmackDown. Oh, you almost slipped up there. We don't want him in Raw, mate. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> That'll be wait, the engine. Do, do you know what? Like, Vir- Virgil again. Do you know what? Get him on Raw. <laughs> Might improve it. In fact, actually, Jimmy Smith, I've like watched him on, uh, as it was saying he's before, I've watched him on Joe Rogan's podcast and he seems uh, like he could be quite good. I've got high hopes up for him, to be honest. I seen him on there. Uh, I think it was today. I think coincidentally, it was something they tell about UFC, and he was doing it. It was like a, his own wee segment, and, and it did seem. He seems all right to be fair. He's definitely going to call it down the line, and uh, considering he's going for a fighting uh, sport, uh, it's going to make more sense uh, <laughs> to put him in <laughs> to call something like that. Uh, so he may have a bit more knowledge of uh, moves, certainly with people like Riddle and his um, his commentary uh, skills uh, set is certainly going to be able to play that one considering obviously he's going to know a lot of UFC moves which maybe other commentators are certainly not going to know well, um, I don't need, to... you said he's a fan of who was it, it was Bruiser Bro- was it Bruiser Brody I said or was it somebody else or maybe I'm just thinking because Liam said that earlier <laughs> I, think, I think you might be right you might be um, but at the same time remember he's been a, he's technically he's been a, an NXT analyst for a while as well um, mm. so um a lot of people might just think he's completely new to the company's noise. He's been out for a while, so. Oh, I cause I, I mind I said in the last podcast, Michael Cole uh, saying that he was really impressed with him. Aye. Like, because they've been working backstage together. So, if Michael Cole's impressed, I, 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 I'm just repeating myself for the last podcast. Michael Cole's impressed with him, and he basically got Pat McAfee to the company. Then I have very high hopes. <laughs> Aye, Michael trust me. Uh, Michael trust. Michael uh, Cole trust. Fucking hell, man. It's going to take time. <laughs> so, we'll move on to uh, SmackDown uh, Tag Team Championship match uh, where we're seeing a very similar um, storyline play out in front of us. Um, that slightly frustrated myself because it's, it's just like a, a rinse and repeat sort of thing, but a uh, different different uh, person this time getting attacked. Uh, so, that was the only disappointing thing about it, but the match itself was alright, to be fair. Um, but, do you guys see uh, the Dirty Dogs out of the picture now? Do you think that the show's obviously made their way down to the ring at the end of that match? But please let that be a natural end to, to this mm. feud. You know, we've yep. had enough of it. It's no, they've not embarrassed themselves. They've not let anybody down. It's been a decent feud, but we've got as much out of this as we can possibly bring out it. There's nothing left in it for me. 
So I'm hoping that the videos coming down at the end, that that's an absolute end to that, and then we can springboard on to, you know, some other things for the uh, for the Mysterios. I'd also, to be fair as well, to Rudin Ziggler, like to see them involved in, in, in something, you know, whether that's together or, you know, they're split up. It, it just seems like a kind of weird forced-together tag team to me anyway. Uh, I, I don't know where, you know, they're going to go after this, but I, I don't even care as long as they end it. I, I, I can't watch these guys anymore. And actually, see, to be fair, when I watched SmackDown, I, I actually didn't watch this. I stopped it and I went out of the shops and got on with the, the business <laughs> the rest of my day. And, and it wasn't, you know, until about maybe, uh, if I wasn't doing this podcast, actually, I wouldn't have watched it. That's how sick of it, you know, I uh, am. Um, I only put it on because I knew I was definitely going to be doing the, the podcast. But enough's enough. Everything that we said about the EW card where you can't pick, you know, what was the, the the best matches because sometimes the main event at the end, you know, is as, is as good as the, the first or the second match and, and you're not really sure what to pick. Uh, but, but this, for me, it, it was easy to pick what was the best match of SmackDown because there were so many poor ones. <laughs> That's true. Hi. Very much along the lines of um, the, the kind of other tag team uh, that we're sick of seeing, uh, which thankfully we didn't have to see. <laughs> so uh, we'll mention them because it seems to be the time we do mention them, we end up seeing them. Uh, <laughs> but unfortunately, Monday's calling, so uh, I think we're certainly going to see it. <laughs> oh, Christ. But, um, as I say, I have high hopes uh, that uh, come the next live or podcast um, we're going to see our man Reginald uh, in a full body cast and Nia Jax oh, try to feed him for a straw that would be the most about that match that would be the most entertaining possibility in my eyes <laughs> oh, fuck but it's oh, not going to happen <laughs> I don't want to watch it <laughs> the, the good news is mate we've got above got uh, 10 minutes before the, the probably a, a far more entertaining show um, so I think that, that wraps us all up we've covered uh, our Smackdown and AEW uh, thanks guys for joining us uh, the night for this uh, coverage um, we've, we've covered a, a fair whack along with predictions with AEW tonight um, we'll get the podcast out and people can see what we think um, of the ones we have called and I'm sure we'll have much more to talk about in regards to this uh, pay-per-view which maybe we can potentially replace Raw with uh, if it's awful <laughs> <laughs> um, but we'll see and uh, maybe our man Greg he will return one day um, <laughs> I think we're, we're going to start a, a I'm going to call it a Michael counter um, <laughs> of uh, how many times Greg says he's going to come on and not come on I'm gonna... <laughs> I, I think Greg will think it's my idea <laughs> <laughs> That's why I called it the Michael. The Michael. <laughs> 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 He's um, like, I'm time stone cold to the half. And oh, will I come back? Will I come back? He's <laughs> <laughs> CM Punk in us. That's what he. Yes, yes, man. If, if we did live shows, I guarantee you they'd be chanting his name. <laughs> <laughs> Telling you, Greg, you're, you're missing all these people from around the world. Luffy, any of that? And they're like, where is this Greg Campbell? Where is he? Uh, <laughs> maybe, he's, no. maybe he's keeping a low profile because uh... <laughs> he's, he's a stage name that much there. I've took an ocean for a saucy bro. 
<laughs> I see you demand next time he comes into work. Where is it? Where is it, Greg? He's at But hopefully, we're joined by uh, Greg and Ryan throughout the week. Um, and we're obviously going to have a, a very busy week um, with a, an additional show to cover. So we'll go with that. And then, of course, we're, we're about 20 days away from Hell in a Cell. And hopefully, we start to build on some things. Potentially see another Hell in a Cell match, maybe if you know Mac, who knows? Um, he always seems to be sniffing about them, so we'll see. Uh, but thanks, guys, for uh, joining in. Uh, and Robbie, thank you very much for your suggestions tonight. Um, we will put another challenge out, I'm sure, throughout the week um, for maybe another tag team name or something because it's been quite a fun one. Um, but uh, Greg, you got off with the night, mate, so we'll give you more time. Um, whoever's hosting next, I'm sure, will call you out in it. You need to back up with a name. <laughs> You as well, right? <laughs> what do you mean, pussies? So, <laughs> so, until the next time, thanks guys for listening and uh, thanks guys for joining us on the podcast. Let's go Thank and you. watch this amazing pay per view. Peace. Cheers, mate. Good night. Cheers, good night. <laughs>